Hello, and welcome to the Infinite Creators Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I am your host, Chloe, and I want you to know that my intention behind this podcast is and always will be to expand your heart and your mind and help you discover new ideas, thoughts, and ways of being. I hope that with each episode, you leave this space feeling inspired, filled with love, and ready to take action in creating a life that is worth living. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope that you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Infinite Creators Podcast. Today is episode 21, and it's a topic that I'm really excited to share about, kind of for the first time ever, to my audience, and it's something I'm really passionate about. Um, Definitely keep listening if you are either already a mother and planning to have more children or have always wanted to be a mom. Um, We're going to talk, Ingrid and I are going to talk a lot about Um, why we think home birth and natural birth and just the whole process of being pregnant and being really conscious and honoring pregnancy for what it is, is so important. And Ingrid's also going to share a lot about her two birth experiences with her two daughters and how those went and kind of the contrast between them and also sharing like kind of what led her to natural birth in the first place. So if that interests you at all, I think you'll really enjoy this episode. As always, we're going to like free flow convo and just let whatever comes out, come out. Uh, But I know it's going to be really powerful. And this is something you could share with your partners as well, because it's something that I think men need to be really informed on. So yeah, before I go down that tangent, (laughs) um, welcome Ingrid. Super excited to have you. And we're in person. So that's This is great. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Hello. Thank you, Chloe, for having me. My name is Ingrid Solberg. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest in Washington in like a smaller town and just felt very lucky to grow up in a place where it was so surrounded by nature, but also felt very sheltered and uh, like in a bubble world. I didn't have very many contrasting beliefs around me. So uh, after high school, I decided not to go to college and I just started traveling around the US kind of just trying to find who I was and really at the time I turned 18 and I started rethinking so much about what I had grown up into like my diet and my religion and you know what even plant medicine and like smoking weed and like just really (laughs) getting into like all these different um, even healing modalities and so that really led me to Hawaii um, where I ended up finding my partner who is now my husband We got pregnant with our first daughter there. Uh, We moved off island to Florida, then we moved back to Hawaii. And um, in that experience, I was just surrounded by a lot of women who were very much in their power in Hawaii, Mm -hmm. like natural home birthing, you know, free birthing without any support besides just you and your partner. So many different, my brain just like totally exploded with a Mm -hmm. new perspective as, as to what family life and unschooling and parenting and Mm. home birthing and all of these things like really removed from the system was like a lot Mm. of what I was surrounded by in Hawaii. Um, So my brain just like in my heart kind of cracked wide open in Hawaii. So that's where we plan to really raise our children. And then I ended up um, getting pregnant with our second daughter. 
our first daughter's name is Naya, and our second daughter is Honey. And then we were living on Kauai at that time, and I decided to have a home birth, which was so incredible. Um, but really, like, who? not to go too deep into, like, who just I am, but I would say that Hawaii really helped mold me um, because it really was this, like, totally removed experience from society. Mm. Like, mm. no watching the news, no listening to, like, things I didn't want to listen to, just mm. everything that felt aligned my feet in the in the soil all day every day mm. eating fresh fresh fruits and veg and just living that kind of lifestyle so that's like mm. a little bit of background as to who I am and kind of why I came to this perspective um, with home birthing and just why Nico and I my husband live a very um, conscious and like unschooling holistic. yeah holistic lifestyle with mm. our children and why we choose to raise them in the ways that I'll get into later but yeah Amazing. Yeah, I'm so lucky that I have, I've, I've always been interested and I've always questioned everything. So naturally, like when it came to how birth is done and how pregnancy is done and how raising a children is done, I automatically question it. Like, yeah. well, why are we doing that? Well, I would never send my kids to public school. Like why? Yeah. And just all those things. And then I'm so lucky now in all of my twenties, like all of my girlfriends who have children have like experience most of them, I would say, have experienced like home birth and like homeschooling and and holistic practices and alternative med well alternative in quotes yeah yeah um, alternative the medicine, true medicine the real medicine and um, so yeah that's why I wanted to have Ingrid on this podcast episode for this episode because I'm really inspired by you and I love that you've been able to honor like your needs and yeah. your desires for pregnancy and birth and like really embody that and be like a testament to like what birth and and mothering can be and I think that's really beautiful yeah thank you yeah yeah it's a big it's a big step to like choose that path because in western society especially it's not the norm Mm. although I think it's shifting to be more the norm I feel like the collective consciousness all over the world is just starting to have a bunch of question marks over their head about everything Mm. which is really beautiful and it's slowly but surely but yeah to even question home birthing and the norm especially as women it's like we were just taught to be indoctrinated by the you know the societal norms yeah so yeah it feels like a big step in your power especially as a woman to be like I'm gonna do something different for me for my child for you know my family totally and I think it's a big uh, the biggest thing is just helping women realize is like and something that just seems so obvious to me is like we've only been indoctrinated and like domesticated into believing that hospital births are needed and necessary over the last like hundred years. Hundred percent. Before that, women what were, were we like doing before that? Mass every I think it's like I think before a hundred years ago it was something around eighty five percent of births were with a midwife and at home. And now midwifery is like almost like witchery. Yeah. It's like <gasps> Yeah. And now it's like we were talking about this earlier this afternoon is like seventy percent of of labors or births I guess are through a c-section yeah of hospital births end up in a c-section yeah something like that and that is really scary to me because I think most of them is coercion or um unnecessary like inter like medical intervention um so yeah this is something I'm like kind of weirdly passionate about considering (laughs) I'm like not a mom and I don't have kids but probably for like the last five years I've known and really like wanted and craved to be a mother so I started I was like well 
might as well start researching all this now because nine months isn't like much time to do it. Yeah. And I've dedicated so much of my time to learning about how I want to like um, experience pregnancy and birth and motherhood. So yeah, we're going to dive into all the things. Um, I would say first thing I want to talk about is like why why home birth? Like if someone's listening and they've like already had a child in a hospital and maybe they had a good experience, maybe they had a bad experience. Um, but maybe just like explaining like your personal reasonings behind it and kind of like why mothers even take that route in the beginning. Yeah, that's a good question. Cause I think when you're first questioning anything, it's like, why the big question, the first question is why, why would I, why would women want to do that? And why do women sometimes gravitate towards doing it at home or even, there are alternatives to doing it at home as well. And I'll get into like my birth stories um, a little bit later, but you can have kind of like a quote unquote home birth at a birthing center, which is like at mm. a faci- facilitated at somebody else's home that's been converted into like a doctor's home office, um, which is also a really incredible and beautiful way because it's with a midwife and a doula usually. Um, but I think the big overwhelming why for me was just safety and comfortability, mm. which is might sound contradictory to a lot of women who feel safe and comfortable in a hospital hospital. but it's like what you said that what I really started to question was women have been doing this for thousands of years before like what were women doing before you know the last hundred years where hospitals were really introduced and successfully nonetheless otherwise we wouldn't have a human race (laughs) 100% and I think that's like we get so caught up in what we're told is safe and then when you actually start to look into the numbers and then what it actually feels like when you're with an OBGYN or when you're in a hospital setting and you're being probed and prodded and like all of these things like treated like a like an experiment or like a patient exactly like you're just a a number yeah it's like I'm it's almost looked at and this is I was going to share as you were um talking earlier that there's a woman um this is Side note, kind of a reference for any moms out there. She's a good friend of mine. Her name is Jordan. Her Instagram is Phoenix Wild. Um, and she's an amazing mother and home birth advocate and like unschooling advocate. And um, she always talks about how births are looked at as like a medical emergency. Yeah, like, think, ooh, she's having a baby. Like, let's get her to the hospital. Well, not only that, but, like, <gasps> let's save her. Like, the doctor's going to ha- save this baby. It's like, yeah, or, like, deliver this baby. Like, we got to get this baby out. It's yeah. like the baby's coming out on its own. <laughs> 100%. It's like my... And you're really taken out of your body as a woman, and you're really... You give over your rights to your intuition and to your knowing and, like, being plugged into... Yeah, your natural ability. Yeah, your honoring of my baby's going to come when he or she comes... If I go over my due date, it's not, you know, unless there actually is a very, like, obvious medical emergency if you're gushing blood or, you know, if something's very obviously wrong. For the most part, there's usually not, there's usually not high-risk pregnancies or high-risk scenarios. And mm-hmm. I don't want to say that in a way that's, like, triggering for this anyone This is not medical say. advice. <laughs> yeah, not only is this not medical advice, but I know a lot of women who wanted a home birth and, like, ended up in the hospital and might be triggered by you know, me saying that, but it's more so just to inform people that it's so normal to have to deliver babies naturally. And sometimes if it goes the opposite way, it's important to question what you were indoctrinated with to have certain beliefs that might be ingrained in you Mm -hmm. 
that lead to something, you know, not going your way, you know, subconsciously. And so because of fear and because doubt. of fear. Yeah. And your body is so receptive to your thoughts and to your emotions around this, you know, this big monumental moment. And mm-hmm. with that, it's not even maybe the thoughts and beliefs that you have yourself, but this was a big thing for me was thinking about every movie where a woman has ever, you know, been pregnant. Yeah, it's think like, about it. it's like my such a water drama. broke. And like, it's like this big bucket of water on the floor and yeah. like, let's rush her to the hospital. And then she's in stirrups And screaming. she's like screaming in the car and like screaming in the wheelchair into yeah. the room. And then she's screaming, giving birth and like there's doctors everywhere. Yeah. And it's just like this, it's like this, like, and then the doctor comes and saves the baby. It's like, that's not what birth should be. And I, I also will say that if that's what you are used to, that could be your birth experience because that's how stressed are you being rushed to the hospital and being like looked at as this science experiment yeah, or somebody like who's having a med- medical emergency. It's like, of course you're going to feel pain or whatever because you're so stressed. Mm. Your body's trying to protect itself. Um, but to kind of get back to the question why, for me why, it was honoring that women have done this for thousands of years and they've done it successfully Mm. and why would I not want to be held a little you know a little bit more cautiously like held as Mm. though I'm this woman who's giving birth to life capable and strong and like willing to do that's what we're made for like God gave us this ability our bodies we women an ability to give birth we don't need a doctor to help us give birth when God gave us the ability to do so. Yeah, and it almost feels like you go backwards. Like when I was pregnant with my first daughter, Naya, my first baby, my first uh, pregnancy experience, I had not really been... I was young, so I, I mean, I'm still young. I'm 26 as of yesterday. <laughs> um, but I was 21 when I got pregnant. And so, I mean, three years before that, I was literally in high school yeah like yeah, raising yeah. my hand to ask the teacher if I could go to the bathroom and then three years later it's like, like and I'm a having baby. a baby <laughs> um and, and my first daughter was totally planned um our consumption our conception was planned and so I just felt very thrown into this world of making this really large decision and figuring out what mm. I even believe as a young woman and what I felt was best for me and my family mm. um, without even really knowing what it meant to have a family yet. And then on top of that, it's like this ginormous decision in general. Managing pregnancy. And- yeah, and like kind of learning as I went along. And so I would say the the biggest overwhelming why was doing my own intuitive research and just finding books and hearing different perspectives mm-hmm. and really just starting to question the narrative um, and actually being put in that situation of going to doctors and feeling out, okay, so I'm going to try all of these different things and have an open mind. If it's not home birth, if it's you know not with a mid- midwife, I'm going to just try and see since this is my yeah. first go at it. And make my decision from there. And that's what I kind of did with with Naya was I tried the OBGYN way. I tried to go um, with the hospital route and meet your doctor and learn all these things and go to all the appointments. Exactly. I did all that and I just realized and me and my partner realized together that like this does not feel natural. This does not feel – I don't feel held. I don't feel heard. Or like considered. Exactly. Like nothing – it almost felt like everything that I – believed or wanted like god forbid that i have a preference about what my birth looks like (laughs) it felt like there was 
a different opinion from a literal stranger who was oftentimes a man. It's like, I'm sorry, sir. (laughs) Do you have a vagina? Do you have ovaries? Do you know what it's like to deliver a baby besides being on the other end of it? You know? So it felt very like, I'm sorry, why, why do I care about what you have to say? Why Why are you acting like the authority in my life? Mm. Um, and so I think a lot of women end up going that route un- unless they've been, you know, um, indoctrinated in a positive way to be like out in nature and like really connected to their intuition and like mm-hmm. raised very wild or, you know, just like on a farm tune. or in tune. Like Unless you've been raised that way or maybe you've just been drawn to that naturally, I think most women, why they start to question, should I do a home birth? Should I not? Is because they've actually had a negative experience or they've been... Or they have like doubts about the medical system in general, not just with birth. Exactly. It's like, do you really have my best intentions at heart? And yeah, yeah, like really questioning safety. And so for me, it was like safety and comfortability. Mm. If I'm going to be, you know, based off of all of these movies, if I'm going to be going through this gnarly experience of having my feet in like stirrups and (laughs) screaming, I would at least like to be, you know, I would like essential oils and like Indian flute music. dim lighting. Yeah. And like, I would like a woman to be like there with me, like reaffirming my birth story and reaffirming just my power and like even... Uh, subtle like massage and things like that to help me like through this experience I would at least like if at the very minimum at the very least to be somewhat (laughs) comfortable and taken care of versus just like shoved into this hospital room um which I I do know women who have had really positive birth experiences at a hospital and so I would say that for those women and for it's not impossible to have a beautiful experience at a hospital but you just have to be so solid in your birth plan and so solid Mm. in your integrity and power as Mm. a woman to say knowing your birth rights exactly because a lot of people just get manipulated Mm -hmm. and coerced in a hospital like they're told all these things you have to do this you have to cut the cord Mm -hmm. right when the baby's born and it's like no you don't yeah and you don't know this is your baby yeah but because a doctor said it it, it makes you feel like, okay, okay. Validated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have to do it. Mm-hmm. And that's something we were talking about earlier as well is like um, for mothers that are like more in tune with like hospital births, it's when learning about natural births, it's e- or hard to understand like, well, why would the hospital have like malicious intentions? Yeah. You know? But it's just like, it's just a part of like how it the is. system yeah, is. Yeah. And maybe, of course, not all doctors are like that. Yeah, not everyone you meet. You're going to have an amazing nurse or a doctor. Yeah. And that changes that for you. But the yeah. system Yeah, and just general. hospitals in general are kind of like a business. 100%. And um, yeah, for anyone listening, that's a great documentary to get started with this whole process is watching. It's called The Business of Being Born. I watched that a few years ago and it really opened my eyes like, whoa, I never even thought about like how much money actually comes from pregnant women. Yeah. Um, just the whole process, like from the moment they conceive a child to the moment um, well, they yeah, give birth to that child. Or yeah, conceive, yeah. Yeah. Um, is just a very um, profitable business. Yeah. <laughs> believe it or not. So yeah, just keeping that in mind as well is like, 
what are the intentions of your doctor and like tuning into your intuition and like does this person actually really care for me or am I just like another patient another like number in the system another paycheck or bonus yeah yeah and you also just don't really know like what's behind the curtain as well in terms of their intentions so yeah money talks yeah for sure a lot does. of those doctors yeah. <laughs> do you want to share a little bit about what you told me the other day of just like kind of the events that led to you getting yeah or like also Nico her husband's fear kind of influenced you as well because you kind of intuitively knew like oh I want to have a home birth but then you had like a contradicting opinion and belief system from Nico yeah which I'm sure a lot of women experience you know for sure I know so many women who and families like partners with you know husband and wife partners in general who feel very like in tune to their holistic nature and they live a very holistic Mm -hmm. life but fear kind of overtook either the man or the woman and they ended up having their child in a hospital um, and so for a lot of women out there, I know it's usually the women, cause of course it's your job to be carrying your, ch- your, not only is it your job, but it's, you know, the way it goes, it's you're carrying, yeah. you're carrying your child. You're the one who's, you know, putting the right foods in your body to help nurture an incredible environment for your baby to grow. You're really the one who's connected to this process more than your husband or partner, regardless of how close or a part of the process he is. Yeah. Um, it really comes down to you as the woman to ask these questions and to be more in tune with it. And so uh, I know, kind of backstory, we had just been living in Hawaii and a huge reason why Nico and I at such a young age and very quickly into our relationship decided we want to conceive a child together and have a baby is because we saw so many beautifully happy families living Mm -hmm. in Hawaii. You know, all the groms and keiki on the beach is like what it is in Hawaii. It's like all the kids on the beach playing in the surf, boogie boarding. Happy family. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, and of course, like it's hard not to be when you're just like so in tune to nature and nature is such a big part of your life. Um, So we were like, man, we're in love, we're happy. Why don't we create something from our love? And so, of course, a lot of women uh, who are, you know, in nature all day and mostly on the North Shore of all of the islands, just in that, like, surf bubble, are very into having natural home births. And so, for me, it was like, oh, I'm I'm going to question that. that. Yeah, Yeah. like, I'm going to question that because I had known so many successful home births. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's the first, that's the first thing, is reaffirming your doubts Mm. and reaffirming your... uh, your vision for what you yeah. think is possible. Like, oh, other women have done this, so I can do it too. Exactly. It's so much harder to feel like you're reinventing the wheel or like, you know, when you're the first person in your family or friend group to do something different, it feels very daunting and mm, like... And like you're the black sheep and like doing something wrong. Exactly. Almost. You have like all of these contradicting opinions, which is so hard, especially as a first time mother. Mm-hmm. You're already questioning and doubting your abilities. Yeah. Because like, you've never done I it before. Yeah, it's like you, everything you feel like you're doing is wrong and the more that you can reaffirm another woman saying oh my gosh you're so beautiful or oh my gosh you know rub this oil on your belly or do you know it's like all of these reaffirming things like just little little pieces of pieces of advice are so helpful um but so we had just come from hawaii and then moved back to the mainland in florida because we were so young and we were basically broke living in hawaii yeah and then 
it was like, oh, this fairy tale, let's have a baby, and then all of a sudden we're pregnant, we're like, oh, oh wait, <laughs> we're going to like have to change some things with our reality to be parents in you know a healthy relationship and a healthy environment and to actually raise this baby in the way that we want to raise her. Um, so we moved to Florida to have some family support, and we ended up actually moving in with Nico's parents. They had like a little guest house, but it was more like a trailer in the back of their yard. It was cute. We like, it wasn't like a trailer or like yeah. anything, but it was like a cute, tra- it was a trailer, but we made it like Ikea version trailer. <laughs> it was this cute little renovated thing that we lived in. So we were pretty much living very closely with Nico's parents. Um, and so from that experience, I thought I want to have a natural home birth. I had known all these women and then we get back to the mainland and it's immediate, just different energy. Infiltration of fear. hundred <laughs> percent. It's like people are so removed it felt like from their intuition and from thinking like thinking (laughs) for themselves and and nature and so what felt so normal in Hawaii felt very like questionable on the mainland I really had to try hard to find those people to reaffirm my thoughts you're like this is not how I was thinking and feeling on the on the island exactly and so it was like all this fear and Nico's first thought was Like, I would love for you to have a home birth. I would love for you to have a midwife experience, but I just would hate, and this is usually always the man's perspective, and it always usually comes from a really positive... Yeah, like a place of love. A a place of love and a positive place. So I want to preface with that, that Nico's and most men's fear is not, I don't think that you can do this, and I think that you, you know, you're making a selfish decision. It's mostly, I would would die if something happened to you. And if something happened to you and the baby. And so that was Nico's fear. Like, why would you even question wanting to do it at a hospital? Because although, you know, you can have a natural birth, you can have all your birth plan and your birth preference, but at least, you know, if something goes wrong, you're in that place of medical emergency, like all assistance assistance and all of these, um, all this equipment. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it was really hard to to, um, argue that. Because he's saying, like, but what if something happens? And it's, I don't, I, who am I yeah, to say that something's not going to happen? Like, anything can happen. And so, of course, as the woman, you don't want, you don't want that fear and you don't want to be responsible. But on the other end of it, it's like, but I know it's possible to have a beautiful home birth, to have, if something does go wrong, to be with somebody who's going to address that Guide right you. away and either say, hey, this looks like something wrong, but I'm really experienced and I know how to do this in an alternative way. Mm-hmm. Or if something does go wrong, like immediately let's go to the hospital. Like it wasn't like I was completely a no for a medical emergency. Yeah, if it like was off grid in the middle of nowhere. Exactly. It's like I was open to both, but that was really where he was coming from. And then of course we're staying with Nico's parents who were so supportive and incredible, but they had the same thought. Like we have we have the resources now in today's day and age. Why wouldn't you just have it at the hospital, your baby at the hospital? Um, and so, yeah, that was kind of like the fear there. And so I said, okay. And it felt honestly like such a, like a dagger to my heart. Like, yeah, you're like, I don't want to give in to this. Yeah, I was like, oh, God. But I knew that for our path, I had to just be open-minded from both perspectives. I was asking him to be open-minded. He was asking me to be open-minded. And so we went that that route in the beginning. We went to like four different OB, OBGYN appointments with four different offices, which is so hectic, like with your first Especially birth. Especially when you're just like trying to like focus on 
being pregnant being and like having an enjoyable environment and support. Exactly. And it's, it's so overwhelming. And I, I noticed first and foremost that every time that we got ready to go to appointment, it just felt so wrong. Mm. It felt like I was at home. I was taking care of my body. I was focusing so much on the types of food and nourishment that I feel I felt like my body and my baby needed. And then I was pulled out of that kind of nesting phase and in this doctor's office. And it felt so wrong. Just that, that alone. Driving to the doctor's office yeah. was like... It just feels so sterile. Exactly. I don't know. I just like, hate medical environments in general. Yeah, and so do we. Like we were like, yeah. no, we hate this. But at the same time, we're like, okay, if this is if this is the route, like if this is kind of what you have to do to get from point A to point B, you got to do it. Mm-hmm. And so we tried it, and Nico is very open minded and very. Um, he like he's if he sees something wrong or he intuitively feels like man that's not right he's not stubborn he's not gonna say no I said this way yeah so he was always tuned into like okay well that was kind of (laughs) weird like weird vibe yeah that was weird or like that lady was hella rude or like (laughs) why are they asking to poke your arm or like why are they asking you all these background questions and like just feel felt very invasive Mm. and not it didn't feel at all about me at all. Yeah, it felt which like is like so backwards. Yeah, it felt what which is so interesting. It felt more about them. Like, okay, this is the documentation, this is the test, these are the labs that we need in order to diagnose you. Like to make sure that yeah. you are a healthy human. Rather right. than like, hey, like what did you do today? What is your normal yeah, everyday activity? What have you been doing? Yeah, like how are you mentally? Like how is it, you know, are you excited? Are you overwhelmed? What are your fears? Yeah, and like I would say that some of the practitioners asked those questions, but it was very much like, I don't know if you guys have ever gone through a physical and they're like, have you ever smoked marijuana? And it's like, like it almost feels like they're judging you. Yeah, like if you like, say yes. yes. Yeah, exactly. You almost feel like, yes. Yeah. It's like, yeah. But yeah, in that moment you feel like they're going to like call the SWAT team in if you answer the wrong way. And so it was like that kind of like, well, how are you feeling? Have you ever had suicidal thoughts? And it was like, Oh my God. Like, you can ask how I'm doing and, like, if I'm overwhelmed in a different energetic way. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was that kind of vibe. And I was like, no, immediately no. Mm. And Nico also was like, damn, this is really overwhelming. So the last doctor's appointment that we – or the, the last doctor's office that we went with was one of the most highly recommended in the area yeah. of South Florida. And we went there and we had a few appointments there. But every single time that I went there, it was like they, you know, at first they were swabbing me and taking my levels and like my blood. Mm -hmm. And every time that they would do that, they would come back with some sort of, hey, this is your levels are wrong or you have um, you're exposed to a bacteria. And it was always like the answer was, so you need to be on this medication. And you're like, thumbs down. Yeah, I was like, do, uh, in my mind, I'm like, do you not realize that I have a, a human being growing inside of me who's never been exposed to the outside world and you want me to put some man-made chemical that I have no idea what's in that in my body that's going to go straight to the, to, you placenta. know, her placenta and you're not even going to tell me what is in this or... You don't even know what's in this. <laughs> you don't, yeah, exactly. You don't even know what's in this. And you're not going to tell me the side effects of if this goes wrong for my baby. You're just telling me that if, 
you know, if I don't do X, Y, and Z to figure out or to um, fix this or cure this thing that you say I have, my baby's going to, first of all, the doctor told me that if I didn't take this medicine, there's a chance my baby could be retarded. He said the word retarded. And I was like, like, I'm going to go. I was going to leave. (laughs) I was like, oh, I'm like, is that a medical term? Can you say that in, in the way that you're saying it to me? And then on top of that, um, you know, the first appointment that we had, every question was about, am I going to vaccinate myself against the flu (laughs) while I'm pregnant? Am I going to go to CVS and partake in the flu vaccine? Uh, no, I am not. (laughs) (laughs) Let me make that loud and clear. Yeah. And then are you going to vaccinate your children? And honestly, like for me, I was so in fear about that topic. For me, it was a hard no. And now, like, still hard no. My children have not and will never be vaccinated. Um, but when, as a new mom, it was like, I don't know. Is is there polio? Yeah. Is that am, Are they going to die am if I, I don't? Am I being irresponsible? Yeah, and it was that overwhelming fear of this doctor saying, okay, well, if you don't do this, yeah, you are putting your child at risk and they could die. And these are all the numbers of death, death, death. And it was just fear-mongering. Yeah, and like what a fear-mongering thing to like project what you think is going to happen to my baby if I don't make this decision that you're suggesting. That you're profiting off of also. Yeah, like Like, let's not forget. Yeah, (laughs) lest we not forget. And so, yeah, so that was kind of our experience. And so it was that experience that I felt so taken advantage of and so unheard. And Nico as well, he was like, wow, why are they like this? And so in that... <laughs> What's happening? What is happening? It's Twilight Zone. And so luckily, Nico found this girl on Instagram randomly who had had a beautiful uh, midwife and doula home birthing experience, but at a birthing center. And that was kind of our option because like I said, we were living in a trailer at Nico's parents' home and... I was not in the place to be like, I'm going to labor in front of you outside yeah, or in this or like tiny house. Yeah, like put a birthing pool in a tiny house. Exactly. So I was like, okay, that's not really in our cards right now, but in the future, maybe. And so we ended up going to a birthing center. And Nico, it was actually Nico's idea. And so we had to go through all of that, you know, trying it and being open-minded yeah, and to realizing see, like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, like this is very clearly not with the highest intention of me and my baby mm. and so and my family. And so we ended up, the first appointment that we had at the birthing center, they asked me if I needed water or tea. They put my feet up on a pillow. <laughs> they like, basic, they were asking me questions that were so closely related to just me and my baby and how are you feeling you look so amazing you look so healthy and beautiful Mm. I'm so excited that you chose to came here or come here and just it was so much different it was like night and it was like a breath of fresh air yeah it was like oh my god it's possible and for the first time in my life I saw oh my god it's possible to be held and not looked at like a medical emergency or like that pregnant lady you know it was like pregnant let us handle this yeah exactly So it was for the first time ever. And so that was really what led us to that. And I feel like for anyone out there who has fear around or even contrast and differing opinions with their partner around, hey, I'm questioning this. I really want to have a home birth um, or, you know, I want to have a midwife or a doula even at the hospital advocating for me. Mm. I would say try with an open mind and don't just try the hospital route. Like Mm. try both. Be open minded to both and then give yourself the opportunity to say, 
do I feel safer here or do I feel safer with a midwife? Do I feel safer at the mm. hospital with this doctor or do I feel safer with an OB or with a midwife and a doula? And give yourself that contrasting opinion because it's harder to say I want this if you don't even know, know what the alternatives yeah, are. Yeah, because I guarantee you would have even just a different mindset going into birth if you gave yourself both options. Mm, mm. And I think it's so important like for... In- yeah, I was gonna say I think it's so important for men too to be a part of both because most men I feel like they're just like they feel like they're the sidelines. Yeah, kind of. they're just along for the ride. Like you know, I'm just here and they want to support you and they want you to feel safe and held and beautiful and all the things, but they also don't know anything different and they're not as connected to the intuition of being a mother and having a child yeah. as a mother is. Totally. So you have to kind of give them both to see. What feels right for you, man? You know, like, husband, partner. Totally. And just even, like, allowing yourself to explore that. Because, like, I've had a a few conversations with people that, like, weren't really my friends. It just kind of, like, came up. And I was telling them about my passion for um, natural birth and, like, home births. And they were like, whoa, like, I never even thought about that. And I'm like, whoa, really? (laughs) (laughs) Like, are you sure? Really? And I think something that you could really like start with if you're very new to this su- subject and it interests you is just watching videos either on Instagram or on YouTube of home births because yeah. that was like kind of my first thing where I was like, I need this experience and I will not settle for anything else yeah. is seeing how empowering every time I watch a home birth video, I break out into like uncontrollable tears. I think it's, yeah, it's and you a can, normal thing. Yeah. And like, it doesn't happen to me when I see a hospital birth. I yeah. don't know why. Yeah. Because it's like, you can feel the essence and the energy in the room and the sacredness of the experience and that in itself, just the video of watching moms do it. So empowering. So like eye opening, like this you is what that. births yeah. are meant to like, not, I hate to say meant to be, there's no way yeah. births are meant to be, but like yeah. in my eyes, how I see births are best suited <laughs> for yeah. lack of better words. Yeah, it's like the, it's the right, it's a natural environment and that's, that is the difference. That and is that's like the nature of God. It's like yeah. what it was. And I think that's God also <laughs> like where, when my journey started too, is just questioning like what is natural yeah, like what's the woman. most natural just for human and look at animals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like w- seeing the alternative of either having your child in your home surrounded by people who care for you and want to mm. hold you in that space and just be holding space for you. Is that the environment that feels natural? Which if you go back, you know, even further than just 100 and 150 years ago, that is literally what has been natural and normal forever forever for women and then the other side of it is or do I want to be at a hospital with these bright white led lights like I'm on a surgery table exactly do you want to feel like do you is that your experience that you want and is that the experience that you want your child fresh new baby eyes fresh new skin fresh new everything fresh new human spirit like just came onto this earth yeah and so with that it's just questioning it's the questioning and of course does that seem natural does that seem right does that seem like healthy for the baby exactly and I will say that uh when you're I know plenty of women who wanted to have a home birth and ended up going the other route and so what I want to preface with is 
every way that a child is born is sacred. Yeah, yeah. And every totally. every way that you can bring in a child into this world is so sacred and should be looked at as the highest form of love and honored mm. for however it happens because mm. you literally just brought a human being yeah into there's this no world. shaming in the birth process yeah but I think the overwhelming thought process when when questioning all of this is why is the alternative and I hate the word alternative when used it's not as, an alternative it's not it is the way and the alternative is the medical emergency kind of hospital, hospital way like, and that's so, the alternative. Exactly. So <laughs> why is this natural sacredness sucked out of the birthing and pregnancy experience. process and experience? And why is it so normal for the hospital to be the way, yeah. the route, the only way that you can deliver a healthy, safe child and be a responsible parent? Yeah. And don't you want to ask that? Like, why is this normal? Yeah. Know? And ask, follow the money. Like, who's yeah. profiting? Yeah, totally. And thinking about, like, I guess... Before I really dove down this rabbit hole of understanding, it was like, I never understood that a birth from start to finish could, it's possible, be like two to three hours. Yeah. Like you could have... And an, an ecstatic experience Yeah. Too. And like I've seen videos of mothers birthing and they're like literally silent. Like they're in a state of like sacred meditation almost, like yeah. deep in their body and in their power and they just push the baby right out. Like yeah. no screaming no yelling and that to me is so empowering because like you said in the beginning like all we see and all the opposite is the opposite like because of movies and tv shows and like what are and our mothers too like my mom definitely had like a huge role in like what I thought about birth because she had all three of us in a hospital had epidurals had the like you know like a very standard yeah, yeah all the things all the standard things. So I just thought like, oh, that's just what birth is, you know? Yeah. And then when I hit like 18, 19 and started diving into this, it was like, wait, there's other possibilities. Yeah. So I think just owning that or like acknowledging that. Like, that it's possible. Yeah, that it's possible. And that in itself is so empowering. 100%. And yeah, I think birth stories, the way that you can start to question is just to start putting yourself in different scenarios where you hear different experiences yeah and perspectives because the moment that I heard another woman share about her birth experience from a, a space and a place of it being the most beautiful and transformative experience of her entire life and smiling through the whole story of her birth You're experience like, Whoa. you can just see like the the natural like the, the natural aspect of being a woman and giving birth and having it be positive like it's possible and you can see the mother like shine through this woman when she's sharing her experience. So yeah, I mm. it really starts with questioning but putting yourself in different perspectives and asking. And if you don't feel like you have somebody in your life who can give you a positive experience looking for it, like it's your it is only up to you to give mm. yourself the experience <laughs> that you want to have. You know, your mom, dad, brother, sister, doctor, nobody is going to actually birth your baby besides you. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of the day, yes, although I think it's respectful, it can be respectful to hear different alternatives, you have to be so in your power and so solid in cutting off energies and cutting off conversations even that are tainting your mindset. Yeah, with people who are trying to infiltrate their own opinions upon yeah, you. Yeah, and even if they have good intentions, like maybe if you have somebody who had a bad birth experience or, you know, a traumatic experience, 
it's okay to hear that that happened for that person and still say, I'm so sorry that happened for you, but I'm, you know, I'm currently pregnant and I'm trying to preserve this mindset and this thought, this vision for my birth. And Mm -hmm. although I know your birth experience happened in this way, like I said, I want to preserve what I believe my vision is going to be of my own birth. And that's, I think, the hardest part as a woman is like just feeling like you constantly need to be hearing. You constantly like need to be this, uh, what is that called? Like a soundboard yeah. for somebody else's experience. Yeah, to share with you. And you're like, did I even ask? Yeah, did I ask? <laughs> or like, because I think it's honestly the most respectful thing that you can do for a pregnant woman is just to honor whatever you feel like their experience is and they want Mm -hmm. even if it is a hospital birth yeah you know just honoring that and if you're somebody who wants to encourage an alternative like offering a book to read or offering or sending them like home birthing videos or something beautiful that you experience exactly and I don't think you can ever go wrong with sharing something positive with a woman totally you know but the opposite is like that can be very traumatic and we are so easily influenced and infiltrated by this, you know, these perspectives. And we're also like, we're not taught home birth and natural birth. So we're already inundated with the negative, the the worst case scenario of what could happen. Mm. Um, So yeah, that was so helpful for me just talking with other women who were, who held birth as this sacred practice and like sacred experience that was something that helped me so much totally and I want to know if you agree with this but like something I feel like I'll have to do when I do get pregnant is like almost writing down like every single negative belief I've ever had around Mm -hmm. pregnancy and birth and like what could go wrong and looking it's almost like what we would do with any other process of like limiting and negative beliefs around money or around self-worth or self-love is like doing that same process with birthing and pregnancy and being like okay like what am I so scared of where does this fear come from is it from my mother is it from friends is it from movies yeah and then okay how can I like rework this and like soothe that belief and get it out of my head because I imagine like birth is such a mindset thing yeah and pregnancy and just like the whole process that like if any of those like really negative fear-based beliefs reside inside you when something quote-unquote goes wrong in labor or like a little bit like off from what you expected yeah then that fear is automatically going to like infiltrate and take over and then stress sits in and then it's like a whole thing yeah I absolutely agree and I think um there's a book actually that really helped me it was called hypnobirthing the mongan method Mm. um and it's basically a book about hypnobirthing which is a practice it's not you're actually hypnotized it's the practice that you put yourself into while in labor and you can it's highly recommended that you do these practices leading up to birth um so that when you're going through the birthing process and in the birthing portal you can hold yourself accountable to those tools that you learned in this book Mm. but it's basically just getting yourself into a deep seated meditation and being really calm and relaxed and focusing on your breath and Mm. and how you're breathing uh so that you can hold space for this uh experience that you're going to have during birth but really this surrender that's ultimately what it is it's this Mm. surrender to stop fighting the sensations which can sometimes be pain it can sometimes be ecstatic it can sometimes be pressure it can be waves like you'll hear women tell you so many different what it feels like yeah um but whatever it might be riding those waves and letting down the walls and being non-resistant 
to what mm. is happening and honoring that this is an experience, especially as your first birth that you've never experienced before. Mm-hmm. And so it's not going to feel, it's not going to feel normal. It's not going to feel, well, not normal. It's going to feel like your body's doing what it's doing, but it's not going to feel like anything you've ever felt before. Totally. And so just preparing yourself to experience something you've literally never felt yeah, before. And like, how will I manage that when those feelings arise? Exactly. And one of the, like the preface of this book, cause it's a lot of practices on like how to breathe uh, different things that you can visualize and I can share um, yeah, what those are share it, like in the show notes yeah and I'll, sh- I'll share those and um, even just share what I did during both births separately um, and how those differed because both of my births were so transformational but so different mm. and I, I fully believe that it was because of the environment that I had leading up to both births mm. and just the confidence as you know my second birth was so much more confident uh, but in this book, she mentioned, she talked about how growing up, she, her parents or her mom used to have all the girls over and have a little powwow, whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they would like share their different birth experiences and she would just listen in as a little girl and they would all overwhelmingly be negative. Negative. And, you know, I, it was the worst pain, like my doctor, blah, 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 like just all these. Like you wouldn't believe the pain I went through to have birth with you or whatever. Exactly. And as a I little girl. I always heard that as a little girl. Yeah. And as a little girl hearing this, number one, it made her feel like, oh my God, did I make my mom like go feel through pain. the worst experience of her entire life just yeah, to birth kind of makes you feel like shit. <laughs> yeah. And then on top of that, she thought like, surely this cannot be the only experience because And what she went on to share was that she witnessed her cats give birth and her cat just went off and found like a cute little nesting area, rested Mm. there for a couple of days, like gave herself this like moment of silence and space, solitude. solitude. And she, without any warning, without any screaming or anything, just like like three little kittens came out. Yeah. Um, And then like she explained how she saw her cat just walk get up and walk out walk over to her cats lick them put them on her little nipples and start giving them milk and that was it and it was like not this like screaming screeching cat it was just this beautiful experience this cat set herself up away Mm. from people in solitude gave herself a moment to rest and this woman who wrote the book thought that has that has to be possible for humans 100 percent. yeah why wouldn't it be exactly and so then she started her practice as a midwife and doula mm. and I don't know exactly what she ended up doing um, in her career, but she ended up really caring and doing a lot of research around women and pregnancy and birth. Mm. And she discovered the Mongan method. And so um, maybe don't quote me on that. Maybe she's just reiterating the Mongan method. But, right. she's, but she's basically sharing that this is an alternative and this is a great practice mm. to set you up for having an incredible sacred easy and I don't want to say I say easy lightly but like with ease yeah birth yeah um and so that was something that shattered my mindset around oh my gosh you can not only is it possible but here's literal tools that I can use yeah because and that's the other thing it's like women aren't told I think the only thing that you hear from movies or even like from your um what are those called like classes that you take right before Lamaze classes (laughs) All they really give you is like, okay, when you're about to push, yeah, <laughs> and, and like that's all I remember. First of all, that is the worst way to breathe. For like whoever told you that needs to not because that's not how that's not the overwhelming thought that you should have is like let me hyperventilate 
before yeah, I push my child off. Make any sense like now knowing about <laughs> yeah. like breath work and different things. Yeah, and there's like I see where they're saying like at pushing maybe, but like you're trying to set yourself pushing is the last step. Like it's yeah. like you labor it's like for the like the final piece of the puzzle. Exactly. So it's like if that's the only thing you're thinking of, that's the opposite of what you should be doing during labor. But that book, and then there's another book, I'll have to find it and like relay it so you can share it. But it was a book on how to nourish yourself before birth. Mm. And in the book, they share about tribes from all over the world, mm. how, um, you know, tribes, they would do it. Yeah. How, how they would nourish themselves. Wow, I want that book. <laughs> yeah. It was amazing. It was amazing. And it was like this one of these, um, nutrients that because you know in Africa you're going to have different tribes in Africa are going to have a different diet than people in Alaska and from India and like their diet's going to be different and it's what they had access to you know hundreds of years ago yeah and so overwhelmingly they found this one nutrient that existed in all different parts of the world that was creating it was like for brain development and for Mm. just helping your baby develop and so that was something incredible I can't remember exactly what it was but it's Uh, I think it's like a fat. I think it is what it was. Mm. Um, And then on top of that, they shared in different cultures how birth was so normal that the women would just get up in the middle of the night if if that's when they were laboring. Their husband would still be sleeping and they would just labor by themselves quietly and just in their own space. Probably in nature. In nature or like I think the one that I was reading was uh, in a teepee. It was Mm. either a Native American woman or somebody in Alaska somewhere. Mm. Um, Laboring by herself and in the morning like she gave birth to her baby by herself and in the morning like introduced her baby to her husband and it was a very that was such a cool thought to think birth is such a sacred experience and it, I don't necessarily think it needs to be in solitude but it made me so much more, more it made me realize that I can be so much more in my power as a woman that I mm. can do it myself yeah I don't need all of these assistants yeah, and people and, and yeah like I can actually facilitate my own birth and be very connected and in tune to just myself and for both of my births my husband was present for both of them and very supportive but for the most part, I wanted to be inwards. In, I wanted to be in my exactly inwards with myself. Mm. Uh, and with my first birth, it was more. It was even more so. Like I didn't want. I didn't want him touching me. I didn't want him like doing any of the things. I wanted to just be like, shh, shh, like yeah, like I'm in Ingrid's I'm, zone. <laughs> yeah, like if you even breathe the wrong way right now, you might pull me out of my meditation, and I'm gonna start feeling the waves so much stronger and more intense. And so that was something that I was like, oh, wow, it's cool that you can do it by yourself. And that's actually how most women did it Mm -hmm. in tribes Mm -hmm. and um, things like that. So that was a really cool experience for me to read that. And I'll have to find what that book was because it was definitely like life altering. Yeah. And one of those things that just reminds you of how capable women are when you decide like, ah, I can own this power. This is my God-given ability. This is my body's innate ability. If I couldn't give birth on my own, why would I be able to even get pregnant in the first place? Exactly. Um, And I think that's something we were like really trying to hit home in this whole podcast intention in itself is like honoring what a sacred act and experience it is to give birth to a child. Exactly. And I think that's something that really upsets me in general. And I'm not even, again, like not a mom, (laughs) never given birth, but it really, but a woman, but it really upsets me that 
the birth experience has become so like institutionalized and so like a medical like whoop 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 like let's just yeah. get this done like get this baby out and like get this mom home yeah and it's like whoa like have we forgotten this is literally the most sacred insane experience like another human being is not only coming to the earth like it's spirit from wherever it came from the body is coming out of another body yeah and this woman is giving life to something that is so incredibly sacred and beautiful and it should be treated as that like there should be it should be very ceremonial Mm -hmm. and I think like birth and death are the two most like sacred days of your entire life because it's the two days when you are most close like you are closest to god closest to divinity and so why wouldn't we honor it as that you know and i just naturally treat life as a ceremony as a sacred experience from the moment i wake up to when i go to bed like i pray and i give thanks and i like recognize life for how sacred it is and so like why would we like medicalized most yeah yeah, why would the most incredible moment and experience be any different yeah and just recognizing as well like for me I feel so happy that I'm a woman in this life and I get to experience birth to me that is like such a privilege I just feel so lucky if I was a guy I'd be like jealous of a girl because it's just so sacred so really like honoring that and and tuning into that like wow what a gift this is and what what a gift it is that my body can even do this like how incredible you know yeah I absolutely agree and I think how I think about birth is very connected to how you think about birth especially after giving birth it was the most transformational moment of my entire life seeing what I'm capable of Mm. and seeing that all women are capable of giving birth but giving life and it was for me the biggest moment of realizing how sacred it was was just acknowledging that women have been given from God God's ability to create. Yeah, like, like wow, what a power. Yeah, God gave women his biggest gift, his biggest creation. Yeah, he he creates, like God creates. That's literally what he does. And and so the fact that women were given this honor to bring life into this world and to procreate and of course it can't be done without the man as well but there's a reason that god gave women this nurturing ability to not only care for themselves and honor the process and be so intuitive women are so much more intuitive than men Mm -hmm. uh and i know a lot of men with strong intuitions but women are literally a feminine quality yeah it's a feminine quality and so we're so much more tapped in and tuned into that and so it it infuriates me that that has been we've been so desensitized to the process of creation and to mm-hmm. the gift of creation. Yeah, and what it really means and stands for. Exactly. And I mean cuz if you think about it and this was the other thing that was just like, "Oh, okay, yeah, this is no big deal." is thinking that every single person on the planet came from a woman's vagina. Yeah. Like and not only How that, crazy. but on top of that, every single person on the planet came so yes came from their mother but every single person every mother gave birth to a person Mm -hmm. and so if you think about currently you know seven billion or whatever that whatever it is seven billion people on the planet every single one of those people came from a mother and every single one of those mothers gave birth birth. they went through the act of giving birth and that's just seven billion people currently there's like 
billions and billions and billions of that people aren't who, here now in history who have gone through the same exact process. And that was the thing that made me realize, okay, even if worst case scenario something does go wrong, I I'm facilitating something that billions of other women have done and gone through and successfully gone through because Mm -hmm. there's 7 billion people on the planet right now Mm -hmm. it made me just realize okay this isn't something to fear even though that's what no need for fear yeah even though that's what we've been indoctrinated to believe is like birth is something to fear um but yeah that was just knowing that your ancestors are so Mm. with you and Mm. they're holding you through this experience and I love to call like giving birth going through the birthing portal Mm. because it really does feel like that like a few days before even weeks before and Mm. weeks after Mm. you know in the newborn phase you're in a literal portal like a trance it feels yeah it feels like there is just like this orb around you and around your child it feels like an orb it feels like you're in a different dimension but you're still participating in life Mm. Um, and they call it like the nesting phase. It's like all women start to like declutter and clean and take all their, you know, tinctures and all the things and just really ground in and tune in and, you know, be very meditative and recluse. Mm. And then postpartum, it's the same. It's like, you don't want a billion people coming to say what's up to you and and your baby. Like you want this, you want to preserve this orb, this bubble, uh, for as long as possible. And so that is that experience is so holy. Like you really feel so close to God by being in the birthing portal. Um, and that, that, like, I think if I could have literally a hundred children just to experience that, that feeling, that feeling, mm-hmm. the feeling of actually physically birthing your baby out at the end of laboring and then before and after, like that birth bliss is so mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel because so many women have been indoctrinated to believe otherwise about birth, that birth is just like something you do. (laughs) Yeah. Like just come on in, get your Pitocin, get induced. Get Get your Pitocin. Yeah. Like let me put this giant needle into your spine. Like, you know, all of these things. This is normal. We promise. This is normal. Yeah. Let me just tap your spine right now. Um, That's that so many women miss that. So many women actually have the so removed from the process. Yeah, and they have a lot of the opposite experience of like postpartum depression and anxiety and feeling shame and fear and and trauma like around their birth experience. And it's that's what's so sad to me is that if it happens that way because you know because of a medical emergency or something went wrong. Of course, like I said, you have all to birth. Honor it. Yeah, you have to honor it, and you have to be okay, and just and focus on the miracle of life. Focus on the miracle that you just of your gave. Baby. Yeah, that you just literally brought a human into this world. But what makes me sad is that so many women unconsciously choose that without even choosing it. Without, like they don't without even, even a second thought. Yeah. They didn't even choose something. It was just like this is this what is will what happen. it is. Yeah, it's like they didn't choose postpartum depression or anxiety or feeling discon- disconnected and removed from their newborn baby. It was the society, like it was this indoctrination of, well, you went through this process and this is how you're left feeling and that's normal. It's like, no, it's not. That's not normal. Yeah, you know, it's, it's the not, opposite. It's not normal. And we've been taught to believe that it is normal. And that's not to say that postpartum depression and anxiety is wrong because some women have it. There's so many hormones in your body going yeah. on postpartum. But if you have, you know, all of these crazy hormones happening in your body from the second you give birth 
to postpartum. And then on top of that, you're, you have, you know, probing and prodding and all of this anxiety. Do you want to vaccinate your baby right now, right here? Can I take photos of your baby right here, right um, now? Let me chop off his penis skin and... Yeah, like, of course. You're in, <laughs> and like, you, I, you had to literally get your entire stomach cut open and stitched up and, like, such the wrong, the wrong, like, so far removed. It's, like, the wrong way that we're looking at birth. It's so far mm. removed from what is natural. Um, and so with that, it's... I can see how so, so many women experience postpartum depression and anxiety because how could you not? Yeah, actually, like, how you could just you not experience almost like a trauma? A hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, and with all of that being said, I'd love to transition so people can hear like a positive experience, yeah. a little bit about your two experiences. Um, but first, maybe for people who don't know, could you explain like some basic terms, like? what a midwife is, what a doula is, and just kind of like that just general boarding process. Yeah. So midwifery is like the practice of being a midwife. And a midwife is uh, somebody who has gone to school and is certified to facilitate home births and to facilitate births in general. And a doula is more of somebody who's usually shadowing a midwife they want to become a midwife or they're totally fine being a doula, but their job is to really just be for the mother. The midwife is there to make sure there's no medical emergencies, to check your heart rate, monitor to check the, things. Yeah, monitor things, check your pulse, check, you know, during gestation during, while you're pregnant to like check the weight of your baby to, or, you know, for the most part, guess the weight of your baby mm-hmm. um, to make sure that your belly's growing to proportion, to kind of give some indicators if the baby is growing to proportion as well. Yeah. Uh, and they're they're like the doctor, quote unquote, in that scenario, uh, like the OBGYN, if you will, of the Western, or of, of the opposite of Western medicine the world. Practices. Yeah, and so they're, yeah, they're basically the person who's going to help you deliver your baby and make sure that you're safe. And what I love about midwifery is that most midwives, all of the midwives that I've experienced love to give you informed consent. Mm -hmm. So they don't just say, whereas the opposite of being at a hospital or in a doctor's office, they say, this is what you need to do. And this is what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. Here's all the fear around, you know, the opposite of this. this. It makes you feel like, of course, there's only one decision because they're making the other decision look bad Mm -hmm. uh, and like irresponsible if you choose a different alternative route. Whereas a midwife is going to tell you all of the powerful, positive experiences and possibilities of going one way. And they will also tell you if something goes wrong, I have oxygen. God forbid, you know, your baby comes out and isn't breathing. God forbid you hemorrhage or like they, they tell you all of these things so that you have the best, uh, you have the most information to make the best decision for you and your family. Mm-hmm. Um, because the, a midwife is somebody who cares so deeply about birth and about yeah. women. And understands like how sacred the process is yeah. and the experience is. Exactly. That they, would, they wouldn't want to have a traumatic experience themselves. They, wanted to, they want you to deliver a healthy, happy baby and have a positive birth experience. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like their license is on the line. And midwifery in today's day and age is so um, like frowned upon. Frowned upon, and yeah, it's like it's looked at. It's looked at as like witchery, yeah, which is which so is ridiculous. Hilarious. Yeah, it's hilarious because that's literally was the only option for thousands of years. It's yeah. like that's literally what that's what it was, and so it was, it's so frustrating. But midwives, they they're to put it like more blatantly, midwives. Their license is on the line. If something bad happens, their career is basically going to be looked at as like, 
oh, you were the person who... You messed up. You messed up and like something horrible happened. And so on top of having the deepest intention and love for women in the birthing process, they're also on the other side of things. They don't want to lose their license. They don't want to jeopardize your life or the life of your baby. Like these are women who care about you and who care about children and birthing, you know, the birthing process. And, and, like, making it as natural and, like, wholesome and, like, protective as possible as well. Exactly. And then a doula is more so a woman who is hands-off. They don't really touch the baby. They're not really – they are not certified or experienced to do anything medical for you. Mm-hmm. They're really just there to support the mother during pregnancy like and Like moral birth. support kind of. Moral support. They give you uh, – in my experience, my doula uh, took my placenta and encapsulated it. And she also, the entire process of me laboring was massaging my back and like setting the mood and putting essential oils Mm. and asking me what kind of music to put on. And just, you know, I remember, and I'll share, I'll go into my birth experience, but I remember being in the bathtub with my first, uh, with Naya and my doula just massaging me for like four hours, like on my hips and on my shoulders and just saying like, yes, I can, like I am powerful. Like Mm. you are so sacred. Imagine having that in... In hospital. Yeah, like I'm about <laughs> to get emotional just remembering that this woman held such beautiful space for me during that process of like, I literally, I always tell Nico that, and anyone who asks, that my first experience, and my second as well, but the first felt literally like a spa. Like I was, there was <laughs> essential, amazing. I was at a spa. It literally felt like I was at a spa, but I was going through, I was going through um, labor, like I was giving birth. So yeah, my experience with my doula and my midwife was, I say like a spa because there was essential oils, there was, I was being massaged the entire time. (laughs) Relaxing music. There was dimmed lighting. Like it looked like if you were to, the room looked like as if you were to walk into a spa. And so to get a massage or something. And so it was an incredible experience. And from my understanding, not rare if you go with a midwife and doula. That's like a common experience. Y'all. Yeah, exactly. And so it's not like my experience was a rarity. They, This was their protocol to set up the room with the music, the essential oils, you know, the, oil, the oils that they're going to massage you with, um, and to have a doula if you choose to have a doula there to kind of reinforce your affirmations and just hold space. And it's usually a woman who has had children before who have gone through this Mm. exact same process and if they haven't then I know so many incredible maiden doulas where they're they haven't gone through you know from maiden to mother yet um but just women who are incredibly passionate about holding that sort of space for women like I could almost see you being a doula Mm. you know or something like somebody who's just very passionate about about it (laughs) thought about it yeah like somebody who's who loves women and loves the birthing process and is just very passionate and in that wants way. to make it like as sacred and amazing as possible. And also somebody who recognizes that that's lacking in the Western society and Western world. Mm-hmm. So yeah, a, a doula is somebody to just to hold space and to kind of set the vibe, create the mood. And then um, a midwife is the woman who's going to actually deliver the your doctor, baby. Doctor, so to yeah, speak. the quote unquote doctor. Um, and. I think a good midwife is going to be somebody who gives you all of your, all the things you need to know. This is what happens if you want a vaccine. This is what happens if you don't. This is what vitamin K is. This is all of the things that could go wrong if you don't take vitamin K. These are all the things that could go right if you don't, like if you do, like all all Mm -hmm. of these different scenarios of things that you all of a sudden have to worry about and care about and Mm -hmm. 
ask yourself these questions. And um, not like placing her opinion on one side or the other. It's exactly. like just like laying out Neutral. the information and being like, what do you think about this? Exactly. And with both of my my labors and births, each midwife, because they were two different midwives, basically said the same thing. Like whenever I would say, yes, I want this, it wasn't like, well, why? Or are you sure? It was, okay, great. Next question. Yeah. That was it. It was like... Like honoring you and your choices because you know it's best. Exactly. Whereas anytime I questioned even, you know, to kind of backwards when I was at the... Uh, with an OBGYN, there's like this orange neon drink that at certain at a certain period in your pregnancy, they have you drink to tell you if you have gestational diabetes uh, because that can either... It can affect the baby's birth weight and so that was something I questioned and I was looked at like the most evil person on the planet for wanting to question what was in this neon sugary drink that was going to spike yeah, like, my blood sugar. like, is this like Fanta? Like yeah, no, soda? literally. I mean, but it looked even worse. It was like almost like glycerin-y, like oily, like it gross looking. For anyone who's had to drink that, you know. I didn't, I chose not to drink it. But when I went to my midwife, the alternative was she gave me organic apple juice to like quote unquote spike my blood sugar to kind of give us that reading and it was just the question was do you want organic apple juice or do you want orange juice or do you not want to participate in this like you don't protocol? have to you don't have to but here's this will give us some good insight as to like what your body and your baby is doing together and so it was always this question and so I love midwives for that reason um but those are probably the two big things that that anyone who's new to hearing anything about this would need to know mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. And then with that, I can I can share my birth experiences from both and kind of share the overwhelming differences because mm. there were overwhelming differences. Um, Real quick question. Did you birth Naya and Honey um, in a water, in a birthing tub? So I birthed Naya on a bed. So oh. I chose, I was laboring and I was, I was laboring in a bathtub for pretty much the entire time. Mm-hmm. And then at the last moment, I was getting really tired through contractions like at that point I was getting like ooh, like or my, I would yeah. my I would close my eyes and like almost fall asleep um in between my contractions and they were like oh, okay you need to get out I mean it's fine that's normal you're tired your body's doing a lot but my midwife and doula were like if you want to I think this is a good moment for you to just give your body some time to rest let's lay you on the bed put this Uh, like bouncy ball almost thing between your legs it's called a peanut ball um (laughs) to kind of keep your legs open so nothing closes up yeah and so that the contractions can still be like flowing the way they were um and then just lay here and rest for a little bit because you're you're we don't know how long you're gonna labor for and so I I gave birth to her on like a queen size normal bed and Mm -hmm. then um and then I did give birth to honey my second child in a bath or not a bathtub, but it was like a a, birthing, a pool. birthing pool. Yeah, and it was the most amazing experience. Both were honestly like both were the most amazing experiences and so life transformative. Like I really felt like holy shit, I am a woman. Like mm-hmm. I felt so connected to who I was as a person, and I really felt that shift from maiden to mother. Of like you, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, you have to you think about somebody else in a different way. Mm-hmm. You think of this being as a part of you mm. because they are like there's yeah. so and there's so many scientific studies that show that your dna is totally intertwined mm. um in, in with your children's and not just your dna but like 
the actual connections that you have. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so I gave birth to Honey in a pool and I, I labored with Naya in like more of a bathtub. It was like an in-ground bathtub. Yeah, yeah I've seen photos of those. Yeah, because it's, they're usually just suites. Like there's two, at the birthing center that I was at, it was two suites and they asked me, do you want this suite or this suite for mm-hmm. your labor? And then I chose beforehand and then by the time I got there, they set everything up for me. Um, and what would you say was like the going in, I guess for both Naya and Honey, but like, what would you say were the biggest, like kind of tools in your toolbox that you were like, okay, like I'm ready to put these into work and into practice. Yeah. I would say, so the Mongan method, that book, uh, hypnobirthing, the Mongan method was probably my only tool in my tool belt besides my own confidence in wanting to have a natural birth. And yeah. I would say, honestly, if you're going to go into a natural birth, from my experience, you can't be like, I want to try to have a natural birth. It's like, you have to be like, I'm having it. Yeah, because <laughs> there's going to come a time when you are at the peak. It's called transition. When you, you're in active labor is when you're having you know normal contractions. And then transition labor is where you go from like, six or seven to centimeters to 10 centimeters dilated and that's the most intense because mm-hmm. your body's getting opening, so ready yeah. it's opening the most that it ever will and so that in transition labor there were times even as somebody who was so seated in my belief that I was going to have a natural unmedicated birth and when you choose a birthing center or a home birth there's no option for like an epidural yeah you make that decision that there's no option but there was a time during transition labor where I was like, I need something. Like something's like, got to get. I'm unwell. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I want to go to the hospital. I want that drugs. Like it was like <laughs> that that shift, which I knew I wasn't going to. But for a moment, there's this split second. You like want some relief. You want some relief. You want some a break. And honestly, that is the harder it is, the closer you are. Like, cause it was always like two minutes later and Mm -hmm. then I'm like, oh, and here's my baby. Mm. So it's like at that point where you feel like I have nothing left to give or I'm at that breaking point. And that's literally one of my favorite things to think about is that women go through, there's a lot of women who believe this, that when we're laboring and we're in transition labor, we actually like leave our bodies and we, we pluck our children's souls from the stars. Mm. Like so many women have that, those that. phrases that we actually like leave our bodies and you go somewhere else like and you grab like, them. you <laughs> grab them, you like pull them back to you and then you're like, like back in this. And it honestly feels like that. Like it feels, mm. especially the more meditative you get, it starts to feel like you're not here. You're mm. somewhere else. And so... I mean, you have to go through that. And in so many ways, I believe that women are being born as well. Like I felt like I was being reborn. And so, I mean, if you think about the baby going through the birthing canal, that can't be a totally comfortable experience for them For the baby. Yeah, I always think about that. Like from their perspective, like imagine what they're experiencing. They're still in a live human. It's not like when they first are birthed, they're like, ah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like they've been a part of this whole process as well. Exactly. So it's, and I mean, when you think about it, like babies' skulls are in, uh, I think it's three separate parts, maybe even more. Um, where there's like, they're actually not together. And Mm -hmm. it's because when they go through the birthing canal, they kind of overlap. They overlap on top of each other so that they can squeeze through. And then that's why some babies have like cone heads when they come out because it's like their skull hasn't gone shifted back to being like Like, walking in that place. And so when you think about it, it's like, that has to be so uncomfortable. Like squeezing through my hips and like... painful that would be. 100%. (laughs) And so it's not... That's why I say like... I don't believe that birth is painful. I don't, 
I don't believe that that's the right word. I think it's intense. Um, but, and some people might resonate with birth is painful. It's just dependent on, you know, what you resonate with. Yeah. But I, I really don't think so. But I think just like in any uncomfortable situation that requires a different version of you that on the other end of this, this circumstance or challenge that's going on in your life, you have to become a different version of yourself. Mm -hmm. And it's oftentimes really uncomfortable. And then the second you surrender to like, oh, I am a different person now, or I am going to like let go of who I was to become this different version, that's when you like actually receive the miracle of that challenge. Mm -hmm. And I think the same with birth. It's like you receive, you finally stop resisting and you receive the miracle of going from maiden to mother and Mm. like going from being this human being who has only ever had to worry about themselves and surviving and Mm -hmm. all that to like all of a sudden oh my god this human being this is mine (laughs) this is mine and it's my only job in life and the only job I want in life to protect this being and make them feel so safe and loved and heard Mm -hmm. but at first you're like oh holy shit like that's that you were in me like this whole (laughs) time it's like I mean because for nine ten months like you don't you can't even fathom what this, what is inside of you, who is inside of you. Mm-hmm. And it's funny, like anytime I look back at photos when I'm pregnant, Nico and I are always like, I can't believe that was Naya in there. Oh my God. I can't believe that was honey in there. Yeah. Cause you feel them, but you don't know them. Yeah. You like, don't know like who they are. Yeah. You don't know what they're going to look like, like what their, you know, who, what their energy is like, what their personality is like. So yeah, that was, that's, both of my births were so different, but with my first, I'll share kind of like the overwhelming differences. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, I was probably the biggest thing was my environment. So with Naya, I was very like secluded and like isolated by choice. I like had during just, pregnancy. During pregnancy, yeah. Um, I had just moved to this to Florida. I'd never been to the East Coast. Well. I went on an eighth grade trip to New York once, but like I had never <laughs> <Same>. been. Yeah, <laughs> I had never like been like as an adult to the East coast of the United States. And now I'm living on the East coast in Florida, a place I've never been before with about to have a baby, about to have a baby with, um, my partner who I'd only even known for like six or seven months at the time of being pregnant. Mm -hmm. Um, when I moved in with his parents, when we moved in with his parents, and then I'm also living with these people who I'd never really met before Nico's parents. And so it was very like, so many life shifts happening so much like integration and so by choice I was like I'm just gonna nest at home and I'm gonna become really close with Nico's parents I'm gonna like get to know these people who are gonna play a huge role in my life and my child's life I'm gonna get to know my partner because (laughs) we got pregnant three months after knowing each other so like I could only know so much about him and so I was very like isolated by choice and I was very like a hermit in my in my pregnancy during my pregnancy And I was so far removed from this reality that I had grown so fond of living in Hawaii where everyone was like eating healthy. It was so normal to talk about spirituality. Yeah. It was, you know, home birthing was like the norm. There was, there was so much like light and love in Hawaii that I still had, but just in an entirely different way. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, man, this is not what, this is not Hawaii. And so I didn't have that support. I didn't have anyone around me telling me how beautiful and amazing of a woman I was for yeah, even and being like pregnant. Acknowledging you. Acknowledging me for being pregnant. I didn't have that support. I hadn't heard any positive birth stories. In fact, I had heard negative Are birth stories. Yeah. yeah, and I had heard like even a negative home birth st- or a natural birthing story at, uh, I think it was at the same birth center that I was at. And it was just like, 
oh god and for the record that woman who had a negative birth experience her baby was totally fine she's fine but she was like 40 years old so she had complications because she was 40 yeah she's 40 exactly and I was 20 so it was like totally different yeah um and so that was like my first biggest difference um and then with honey my biggest difference was the environment as well I was in Hawaii I had I was surrounded by people who every single time they told me they told me how beautiful and even like sexy I was as like mm-hmm. a mom because that's honestly sometimes you're you need to hear that you look sexy sometimes as yeah, like, like thank you this thank giant you. <laughs> person you're like I have a giant belly and my body's changing and I don't feel that cute all the time and so for my friends to be like oh my god like you look so hot like <laughs> like it was just so wow, like oh great. okay cool like I'm a I'm a woman too I'm not just like this pregnant woman like I'm like a I'm Ingrid too yeah and so that was so nice and just to hear so many positive birth experiences from all of my friends yeah all um, of our friends have had like such amazing experiences. such amazing experiences or, like, in our circle yeah and so that and then I had something called the blessing way which is an incredible I highly recommend if you have a group Take of women <laughs> yeah if you have a group of women who you feel connected to and you feel like they could help facilitate this even if it's totally out of their comfort zone just expressing that this is something you would like instead of or even just looking into maybe if this is what you want to uh, replace with a baby shower because mm-hmm. we've like westernized baby showers in western America or just America in general are uh, so much more about like here's the baby gifts and here's all these like surface level games we're going to play and we're not even really going to like connect with you and your baby we're just gonna tell you, you know, our experiences, and we're gonna give you all these clothes, and we're all gonna these... say like, "Are you ready for birth?" Ooh. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so it's 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 like so surface level, and it's almost like for other people. Like mm-hmm. we're just gonna get together so that they like can... have a party, and like other people are like drinking, and exactly. like or at least all the baby showers I've been to. Yeah, no, they are, and like it's almost like like it's all like the games, all the games are like jokes. Like it's not they have nothing to do with what you're experiencing. Whereas a blessing way, and with Naya, I didn't have uh, that at all. I didn't have anything like that, and I honestly wanted it that way because I didn't know anyone in the area. Mm-hmm. So I thought if I do do something, it's literally just to receive gifts from people I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, that yeah, sounds like, We need gross. some of your money. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so um, with Honey, I was surrounded by all these women who cared about me and loved me and had beautiful experiences with birth mm-hmm. and saw birth as a sacred experience. And also could resonate with what I, as a woman, really wanted and needed, Mm. which was like just to be loved on and like nourished and with other women and in that like power. And so that was incredible and that solidified and reaffirmed everything that I knew to be possible about birth and about being a woman and about being held. And it was amazing. The entire experience of my Blessing Way was just, I think it was like 10 or 15 of my closest friends on Kauai, all women um gathered in a circle they drew like a bathtub for me like a a, a Mm -hmm. foot bath they picked flowers from the land they brought essential oils and oils and just massaged me I was in this like queen chair (laughs) and massaged me and they were playing flutes and drums around me and they were like singing beautiful birth songs and taking photos and like giving me amazing like local organic vegan food and I was just like damn (laughs) why does why is anyone doing anything different than this like I just felt like (laughs) oh and the most amazing part of my blessing way was every person brought a bead or a shell or something that could be looped into a necklace 
with them. And they, it was amazing. And each person went around the circle and said a prayer for my birth and something that they loved about me. And they just spoke like so highly of me and they set an intention into that bead. And then one of my friends, Yoni and Tori, they both took all of those beads and they uh, strung it into a mala and I wore it throughout my entire labor. And they said, like, that was the intention, was you wear this during That's your labor. so beautiful. It was so amazing. I still, it's, like, actually one of my most treasured pieces of anything yes, that I exist. Yeah, yeah. wow. Um, because it was so powerful. And I wore it through my entire labor. And actually, during the most, tran- like, transitional part of my labor with Honey, I needed that. I, like, kept looking down at it. I was on all fours. like, I have everyone's prayers. Yeah, I was on all fours in the bathtub, and I it was, like, hanging down, dangling into the water, and I just was looking at each bead and remembering each person's intention for me and just remembering that every person who's strung a bead on here is a woman who has either gone through labor and birthed a beautiful, amazing human or is going to have a baby one day. And it just mm-hmm. made me feel like I have their energy And then during labor, all of them, all of those same women lit a candle the second they heard that I was going into labor. And they like set, so during labor, all of my friends are like at their homes. And like praying for you. Praying for me. And it was just like, I felt that. Like I felt so held and nourished. Um, And so that was the biggest difference was I had such. I love that. It's so beautiful. Yeah, it was so beautiful. And so both of my births were amazing, but it definitely felt like the first might with Naya. It was the most transformational because it literally it the first felt time. yeah it was literally like i shed i had to break through this old skin like the skin that didn't suit me anymore and break like out baby ingrid almost exactly and i was the most attached to like that version of myself whereas with the second time around it was like i was already a mother so i didn't really have as much shedding to do mm. um i had already owned being a mom and so yeah that was like the biggest thing and so for naya the only tool i felt like i had in my tool belt was the knowing that I wanted to have a natural birth and I was going to do mm-hmm. it and the birthing techniques with, from the, from the book. Mm. And so during we got, so I, I labored mostly at home with Nico for until I was seven centimeters actually. And I didn't know that until I got to the doctor or the midwife. Uh, so I labored, I got on the phone with my midwife and she made sure that I was like ready to come in. Mm-hmm. And then I came in and, um, she, yeah, she told me I was at seven centimeters. And at that point I started like at seven, you're like pretty ready to go. And so I labored for like five more hours at the birthing center in a bathtub. Um, and I was the whole time being so supported by my doula. And then I remember just like yelling through most of my contractions when they got to that point, like, like, ah, and like, I remember just yelling like, fuck at one point. (laughs) And, and then my, my midwife came in and this was the moment when I was like, okay, cool. I got to, I got to switch the way I'm like coming into this. She was like, listen, Ingrid, you're doing amazing. But if you want to deliver your baby anytime soon, you have to stop tensing and contracting and like being tight and yelling because Mm -hmm. when you do that, you're stressed. Yeah. Your stomach muscles are tightening and you're not allowing your baby to like move down because you're basically like holding your baby in place. Totally. And so in that moment, I was like, okay, I don't want to be here for any longer than I have to be. I want to meet my baby. <laughs> yeah, you're and like, like, I'm ready. I want to be done with this sooner than later. And so I went into like, like hypnosis. I like put myself, I was like, okay, can everyone get out of the room except for Nico? 
And then I sat in the ta- the bathtub and I was silent for an hour, like dead silent, mm, meditating. I love that. That's like dead. what I would want. I'm like, everyone shut up. Yeah. And like, I, it was dead silent. I was dead silent and I was meditating. And I remember Nico, he, yeah, like after my labor, he was like, I thought you were going to die. Like, cause I was just, he didn't, he's never seen me like that. He's never seen a woman like that, you know, like. Yeah in quote-unquote pain and so he thought something was wrong when really me I'm like no I know that this is just the journey Mm -hmm. but I was almost making it harder on myself and so I meditated for an hour and then I got out of the tub and I was ready to give birth to my baby like it was in that hour silence of like centering yourself and silence and relax exactly and I kept um telling myself because one of the practices from the book the Mongan method was to open to see your vagina, like your yoni, as a flower, and um, almost to see the flower petals like opening and mm, pulsing open. That's beautiful. And just like to keep blooming, saying, blooming, of. exactly. Like, and I just kept saying, like, I am open, I am open, and that was like my my grounding mantra mm. that stayed me like or uh, kept me like plugged into being grounded and not being pulled out um, mm. of my uh, my meditation. Because the second I got pulled out of my meditation, it was when my doula walked into the door to check on me, it it became really intense again. And so mm. I experienced that birth could be painless for that moment. It took a lot emotionally and mentally like and trial physically. trial and error kind of. Yeah. And even in the moment, I had to like just resist to like the waves. I would feel them because the way that contractions work is they start down here and then they go like a roller coaster. They slowly go up. They peak and then they come down. Mm. So the way that I would get through them is I would feel them coming on. I wouldn't resist. I would feel the peak of it and then I would know that I was on my way back down. So as soon as it felt really hard, I wouldn't freak out. I would be like, okay, it's just gonna go. get through this literal like three to five second feeling and then it's going to start going down. And so that was really helpful. And then I gave birth to Honey or Naya on the bed. And the most amazing part about that was they brought hot oil and they were like rubbing that on the opening of my vagina mm. so that um, one so that I didn't tear, but also so it just felt more like slippery, I guess. Yeah. Like like it <laughs> felt more comfortable. Yeah, smooth, like comfortable for her to slide out. Um, and that was I was like, damn, this is so nice. Like, <laughs> they like, think of everything. Cheers. Yeah, they've thought of everything. <laughs> and I didn't tear at all with Naya or honey. And so definitely being in water helps. Um, it helps soften your cervix. And there are things that you can do like beforehand, like do cervix cervix massages or something like that, um, to to like help make sure you don't tear. And then with Honey, like just going in with that confidence was so amazing. Nico was so confident. His energy wasn't interfering so with anything. Yeah. He was like, we're having a home birth and like, no doubt about it, you're going to do so amazing. Like, this is what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And I had um, one of my good friends who's also a doula taking photo and video the whole time mm-hmm. for Honey. And it was so amazing because she has such an incredible energy. Her name's Courtney and I love yeah. her so dearly. She's one of my favorite people ever, and she just held such incredible space. And then um, I felt so much more prepared in terms of, like, when I needed space, I went to the bathroom, and I turned the lights off, and I sat backwards on the toilet with my head, like, on the back of the toilet, mm-hmm. and I just started meditating. And then um, and then they started drawing me a bath. They, like, filled up the bath and got everything ready, and then um, I entered the bathtub, and from that moment, it was a lot of relief. Mm. Um, and then my midwife and doula or yeah, my actual doula showed up later because Courtney was, it was not my doula. She was just there 
It felt perfect to have her as my videographer and photographer because she is a doula. A, yeah, she's a doula yeah. and she's also an incredible videographer. My home birth is like something I will always cherish, my or my home birth video. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say like the biggest difference in my home birth at uh, well, it was at home, which was amazing. Yeah, it was at the base, and you're like beautiful, uh, like literal Kauai, like oasis on a hundred acres of land at the base of the Kalalea Mountains, which the Kalalea Mountains is uh, the mountain that looks like a pregnant lady. Yeah, and they say that that's like the isn't ca- that like the birth portal? The birth they portal. Say? They yeah. say that it's like every human being comes through that portal. That portal. Yeah, and so on Kauai, and so I mean, duh, like it was so magical already. <laughs> And then on top of that, um, so yeah, on top of that, it was so it was just so sacred, and um, yeah, I, and then I felt like I had so many tool belt, tools in my tool belt. The biggest thing that I'll say for moms or future moms that helped me was my breathing and how to breathe through contractions. And um, so I'm gonna give you like a an example. So mm-hmm. when you're contracting, your body is tightening, mm-hmm. and so to kind of like counterbalance that, you want to fill up your belly. So like like belly breathing, like br- like breathing in like really heavy, and actually physically seeing your belly expand with your breath. And then as you feel a contraction coming on, anytime it gets intense, like I would go like like really big Mm. and like have to really focus on feeling like my breath was filling up my uterus Mm. and like almost like pushing against Mm. my contractions. Mm -hmm. And then, um, as it started to come down, just like feeling my belly release of air. Mm -hmm. And that was like, I shit you not. Each contraction felt like three to five notches less intense. Wow. Just because of that belly breathing. Wow. And like it saved me because I was in an an actual meditation for the entire time. I was silent my entire birth. Like dead silent. And uh it's possible. It's possible. And like (laughs) and I kept saying like I didn't I didn't feel a pain free birth. I don't want to like set wrong expectations because I kind of felt like during I followed this Instagram called Pain Free Birth, which God bless them. They're amazing. They helped me so much with my mindset during birth, um, which I also highly recommend following accounts that are like positive birth yeah, stories. Yeah, Free Birth Society is another really good one. Love that one too. Um, but it's literally called Pain Free Birth. And although I am 100% believe that that's possible, I was in like the intense moments of my labor feeling like, is it possible? Like, I almost started getting pissed. I'm like, why is her Instagram account called Pain Yeah, you're like, like, she's a liar. <laughs> she's a liar. Like, yeah. And, but then I would, like, have those breathing exercises and I would actually feel my contractions lessen so much. And it was, I was also, because I was so uh, non-resistant. Like, I was just, I was receiving. I was like, I'm Okay guys, so whilst we're on the topic of breathing exercises and how it's helped Ingrid so much with both of her natural home births, I wanted to share with you about one of my favorite apps as of lately that will definitely want to be downloaded, especially if you're a pregnant mom preparing for labor. Based upon a recent clinical trial study that I found on laboring pregnant women, consistent breathing exercises with deep inhalation and exhalation were proved to be 10 times more effective in reducing the perception of labor pain than pharmaceutical pain medication. The study concluded that deliberate breathing exercises are an extremely effective modality for labor pain management and actually shortening the length of delivery time. 
So with that being said, the Breathwork app would be an incredible way to start practicing how to control your breath and it makes it so easy because it has tons of simple science-based exercises helping millions of people wake up, calm down, increase stamina, and increasing your pain management. The app combines mind and body health into one practice, so you can actually do it in as little as 60 seconds, which is amazing because it's going to work a lot faster and more effectively than meditation can, and it doesn't require any special skills or prior experience. Within the app, you'll be able to find a wide variety of breathing exercises from ones that are suited for the morning, midday, and also for a nighttime routine. I've tried so many different breathwork and meditation apps in my seven years of practice, and this one is definitely my favorite. You can try it for yourself by visiting breathworkwithoutthe.com slash Chloe for a free 30-day trial to Breathwork's entire content library. And if you love it as much as I do and stay on the app for a whole year, you'll get it for half off, which is less than 20 bucks for the year. Once again, that's breathwork, B-R-E-A-T-H-W-R-K.com slash Chloe to start your free trial today. And I'll also put the link in the description box below. All right, guys, back to the episode. I was like, I'm going to do this. I know I'm going to make it out. Um, And then I kept saying the open like a flower, stay open like a flower, stay open like a flower and like envisioning my, my yoni like opening. Mm. And then, um, and then, yeah, I gave birth to honey in the bathtub and it was so amazing. I remember feeling so much relief in my video. I'm like, Oh my God, I did it. I did it. Yeah. And then in my video, I was like, your video made me cry like literally (laughs) so hard. (laughs) I think you're one of my first friends that I've had witness that's had a natural birth plus like had it filmed and I yeah. got to watch it and it was just like oh my god I, <laughs> oh my god. I remember like literally like embarrassingly sobbing you said too and I think when you first saw it you were like you commented like I made the mistake of watching this like in a cafe or something yeah I watched it like in a cafe in Bali and I was like oh my god too soon that is I remember so funny. when you told me you were pregnant with honey and I was like oh my god to watch her being born was so cool yeah and honestly Courtney is such a talented videographer that yeah she, she really used, captured it so well yeah and the music she used um that beautiful chorus song love yeah I like her yeah that beautiful chorus by the way anyone <sighs> who's that has to be your playlist <laughs> it has to be your playlist and honestly another I know I'm getting like pulling from all different areas right now but something that really helped me during my labor was I remember with Naya, I was so easily like pulled out of meditation and like being seated, even though I was in a perfect environment, mm. um, which is also why I highly encourage not being in a hospital because it's so easy to be pulled out of that and state. it's so like, ugh. Sterile, like We don't you realize said. how much an environment plays a role in our state of being and our emotional state. hundred percent. And so with Honey, I had like those uh, Beats headphones that are cordless that are like, they're yeah. not noise canceling, but like, even yeah. just having them on your ears with nothing plugged in, it somewhat Helps. silences. Yeah. It like muffles everything. 
And so for my entire labor, I had those on my head, just muffling the sounds because it almost mm. created like... And kind of keeps you in your own zone almost. Exactly. And like even just the act of having headphones on is like a very like, I'm about to Yeah, I'm in, in my own space. Yeah, I'm in my own space. I feel the same way. Yeah, so that, it like muffled things and it almost made me feel like I was in one of those deprivation tanks mm -hmm. where you're just like literally in your own world. And so that, it made me feel so much more connected to myself and I would hear things going on or like if my midwife would like check on me and ask me things I could still hear her but I, sometimes I would have to like pull it off of my head to actually hear her which yeah. was so nice that is like honestly my ultimate hack besides the breathing techniques listening to beautiful chorus and um like the the reading the mongan method and have it using those techniques yeah and I'm gonna put all these in the show notes <laughs> yeah um Plus having the headphones book. yes the tribe book so yeah, it was such a beautiful experience, but I can say the number one thing that played a huge role in me having a positive, powerful, peaceful birth experience was my environment and the energy that I let into my field, like support. the support during pregnancy, because mm. you don't even realize somebody saying, oh, like, I'm so excited for you to have, you know, to, to give birth. I'm so happy just, and then they say just one small comment. Like it could be something like. be like, careful for the ring of fire. Hundred, which, or something like which that. Which I did have with, with Naya and it wasn't, it wasn't bad. It was just, I was like, oh my God, that exists. It's like this feeling yeah, of your skin intense. stretching. Yeah. Um, but, and the olive oil helped. That's why I was like, you are saints. When I felt the ring of fire and then they put all hot olive oil. I was like, oh, I'm so <laughs> Like. Um, and so, yeah, that the support that you have, you don't even realize how sensitive you are when you're pregnant. Even, you know, people saying, oh my God, you don't look pregnant at all. Or, oh my God, your belly's so big. Like you're either like, one of those is like, just tell a woman that she looks great and she looks it. perfect. Whatever size her belly is, however much weight she's gained or not gained as a woman, you're thinking, am I oh my god, I don't look pregnant? Am I doing something wrong? Oh my god, I look too pregnant? Am I fat? Am I, is my baby going to be ginormous? Yeah. Well, it's like you don't you don't realize that these little things are inconveniencing a woman's mindset that mm -hmm. they're mm -hmm. trying so hard to nurture and protect totally. during this time, especially because the Western world has tainted our mindset around birth. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was, both of my birth experiences were so amazing and so powerful, but my first one was definitely more intense and felt so much more like I was shedding, a, a, like yeah. literally my entire self. And like kind of stepping into a new version. Yeah. And then my second one was so gentle and peaceful and supported. And I very much feel that that is Honey's energy. And that's totally. like, whether she manifested her own birth or whatever, you know, or if her kind of co-created it yeah we co-created it and I, which I definitely believe or if just part of her honey energy is because I I chose to have a home birth and actually followed through with giving her that experience and giving mm. myself that experience mm. um and it honestly sets the mother up for which postpartum which is something I'm going to recommend reading a book called the first 40 days Mm. it's the first 40 days postpartum and it's this mindset that women there's a culture I can't remember which one it is um I want to say it's in Asia somewhere that practices and is it is in Asia somewhere I can't remember um exactly where but where they practice the first 40 days where women do nothing but rest and are uh tended to with all of their meals 
And so you don't have to get up. You don't worry about your meals. And all of these meals are yeah, incredibly I've nourishing. Yeah, i heard about this. Yeah, and it's the meals in this book are definitely not vegan or plant-based because a lot of them are uh, like bone broths and things like animal animal organs, which however you feel about that. But for me, I resonated with that. I felt like it was very um, healing, like bone broth specifically was something that was very healing for me postpartum. Mm. But the idea, like just being open-minded to – because I have a lot of vegan friends too who read that book and just substituted. Yeah. Um, like really nourishing plant-based meals. Um, and also with that, it's more of the mindset of the entire book of saying in society, it's like bounce back or like act, look like you didn't just get, get rid birth. of your tummy fat. It's yeah. Like, or like jump right back into work or like be okay with having a ton of guests over right after you give birth to your baby. Mm-hmm. And it's this idea of resting and doing nothing but letting people nourish you with food that your body needs and they say that the first 40 days how you spend the first 40 days postpartum because your body just went through such a physical and emotional transition mm-hmm. um that if for the first 40 days how you spend the first 40 days is how your your body will uh, react like to the next 40 years rejuvenate kind of so they say if you if in during your first 40 days postpartum you don't give your body that healing over the next 40 years um, you're setting yourself up for your body to not be like in optimal health Full capacity. Yeah, of. and so they yeah they they say that the first forty days set you up for the next forty years of your life wow. postpartum. So wow. highly recommend that, and that's also like just that mindset shift is like oh I don't want to be fucked when I'm forty years older than now. Yeah, you know? totally. Because totally. it's like your body your body literally just went through so much. Your organs were so depleted. Um, going through, you know, being pregnant, like your organs are, are your, uh, kidneys and all of the organs in your body are are compromised, compromised and they're flushing out so much more waste and amniotic fluid. And like your body's just producing so much more that that's also why they say like bone broth and things like that to help like rejuvenate your organs. Mm. Um, but it's just an incredible mindset shift of a book to say like, cool, this is a different mindset shift and this is how you should be supported as a woman and you're never going to get the newborn phase back again yeah like oh such a I can't wait to cherish those moments I'm like so looking forward to those yes it was amazing so yeah that's like my whole spiel my experience and just like the shift Mm -hmm. of recognizing that birth is so sacred Mm -hmm. um and should be treated as such like you as the woman and your baby as Mm -hmm. a new human Mm -hmm. Um, okay, so the last thing I want to talk about is, that's not talked about enough, I feel like, amongst the, the world, is um, placentas and, like, what to do with a placenta from, like, the moment you give birth until however long you decide to use your placenta. Yeah. So, placentas are, like, first, I think, just understanding in nature how amazing placentas are and how normal they are amongst the animal kingdom mm-hmm. um so i'll share like what i did but what most people can do because there's so many different things you can do with your placenta but i'd love to just share like that every single animal who gives birth so every animal um <laughs> eats mammal. their mammal yes mammal um eats their placenta like the the woman or the female animal mm-hmm. mammal eats the placenta postpartum like as soon as they're 
child is birthed, they eat the placenta for two reasons. One, because it's so nutrient dense. Mm -hmm. And number two, often mammals will eat their placenta to like clean clean up any waste to deter other animals from picking up on its scent. Um, So like for protection. So to know that it's done in nature and it's something that's like just a normal, it's a must that all mammals do, um, is amazing to know. And just knowing that it's so nutrient dense for women and why women, um, you know, I say like back in the day, it was so sacred to, to encapsulate or to eat or to dehydrate your placenta as a woman. Um, and now it's starting to become more well-known. We're start, starting to relearn a lot of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, relearn is a good term. Exactly. It's nothing new. It's nothing new. <laughs> yeah, we're just relearning and like phasing out of, of um, like, yeah, what we, what we learned and what we were taught. And then on top of what we were like indoctrinated with in the Western society. Mm-hmm. And so what you can do with your placenta is you can dehydrate it. You can, um, once you dehydrate it, you can either like freeze it, um, or you can just freeze it. And that's like from the beginning. Um, and then you can, some people like cook, which sounds really gnarly, but like they bake it, mm. um, so that you can like cut it up and put it in like smoothies mm-hmm. not you don't have to eat it like a piece of steak it doesn't have to be you know because <laughs> some people are that, uncomfortable like, with that. yeah you don't have to be like that but you can a lot of people encapsulate it so what you do is you dehydrate it um and you can get someone to do this for you yeah most women don't want to do this postpartum because it can be a lot of work yeah um and so doulas or just people who work within like midwifery in general uh, are happy to do this. It's so funny, mm-hmm. but a lot of doulas I know, like their entire Instagrams are like the process of them doing this and mm-hmm. it can look like kind of gnarly yeah, because it's literally an organ and it's bloody and it's all the things. Um, but a lot of women love to get their placenta like pressed into like some sort of photo, mm-hmm. like where it's like the, the bloody, the, the blood is like yeah. the paint. Um, and so basically what I'm trying to say is that a lot of women and doulas especially look at this organ as something so beautiful and sacred and such a natural process Mm -hmm. of of birth and so um, most women will encapsulate it so they'll um, have it give it to their uh, doula they'll uh, dehydrate it and then they'll like grind it up so it's in like a powder yeah powdery form and then they'll do little capsules Mm -hmm. and then you get like a 30 or 60 day supply in just like a little bottle and you take it just like boop every morning and the reason why encapsulating your placenta or just eating your placenta is amazing in general Mm -hmm. is not just for the nutrients but because as women when we give birth there are so many different hormones that are um, so many different hormones in our bodies that are um, like in flux they're mm-hmm. like this influx and this surge of emotions mm-hmm. and hormones uh you know go inside of our bodies and are just like being dispersed all over and so our bodies are going they're undergoing so much stress um and on top of that you just gave birth and on top of that before that you just <laughs> literally grew a human inside of your body for 10 months so um yeah, the, the placenta can really help with deterring any hormonal like depression. Imbalances. Imbalances, also. exactly, which can lead to uh, postpartum depression or postpartum anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so um, eating your placenta in that way, however it's done, helps to kind of curb that. 
And also it really helps with healing. So it mm. helps your body heal faster because it helps to balance those hormones and kind of regulate them so that your body can heal instead of being in this state of stress. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, honestly, like I think that's one thing with on, well, not one thing. That's one thing on top of all of these other societal conditionings within uh, the Western world that were, lo- it's looked at, the placenta is looked at as something to be discarded yeah, which is very strange. So strange. Especially like someone's discarding it for you that doesn't yeah. know you and like, ooh. Yeah, like why, why do you... <laughs> Don't touch my organs. Exactly. It's like, why would... It's literally an organ that gave your child life through the entire process of your... Like without your placenta, your child would not live. Mm-hmm. Your child would not grow to be a, a human being. So mm-hmm. it's acknowledging that that placenta gave your child life why you have to treat it as such Mm -hmm. and that's something too that like I was not shocked by but like the first time around you're like you give birth to your baby and you're like oh my god such a relief and then you have to birth and then you have to birth your placenta and you're like I was like so nervous when she was like okay now my midwife's like okay now you're gonna birth the placenta and I was like no like no I just like I just want to enjoy my baby and it was so easy it was just like boop like and then it's this huge relief. You instantly feel this like flux of emotions and you feel the hormones like, like surging kind of, like, in your body. Like all done. It's like this final, like you close the loop. Mm. So amazing. It's such an incredible feeling. I mean, of course, when you birth your baby, it feels that way too, but you're still, your baby's still connected to the umbilical cord or the umbilical cord is still connected to the placenta, which is still inside of you. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you feel like it's there's something incomplete about it that you're mm-hmm. not even aware of. And then all of a sudden you birth your placenta and you're like, oh, oh shit, <laughs> wow, like I'm done. Like I'm, I'm... It's all out. Yeah, I'm officially one human being again. Like it's just me and my body. Wow. And this baby is now outside of me. So, so beautiful. Amazing. And did you... How did you go about like disconnecting the baby from the placenta? Did you like oh, wait a, a really long time? Did you do a lotus birth or what was that like so i think lotus births are amazing um i did not do a lotus birth with or i guess one. we could clarify what that is <laughs> yeah so a lotus birth is basically when you let the uh, umbilical cord disconnect from the placenta naturally so without any intervention of like cord cutting or um some women will either even um take like a little flame yeah and like, like burn it burn the um umbilical cord from the placenta like later after all the blood has left the cord exactly like much later and so um what i did and a lot of women who have done that swear that it's an amazing experience and like Mm -hmm. such a um like their babies are so calm and so gentle and that's like the whole point is just not to intervene at all uh, but the other side of that is that you have to carry around this placenta with you and like anywhere you go with your baby, which it's can like be baby plus placenta. <laughs> yeah. Which can be like a lot. Um, and so that was something that I was like, I don't really know about that. But for me, what I did was, um, we just waited until the cord had no blood and was not pulsing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very clear. It's like, it's very clear to know when that moment is. Mm-hmm. It, it goes completely white and you can see that all the blood has transferred from uh, your baby's placenta or from, yeah, the placenta to, to your baby. baby. And it's so mind boggling to me that in Western society, they <sighs> cut even off. talk about it. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's literally, I think it's like 80% of the baby's blood 
like is in, in the placenta is in the placenta of the entire baby's body. So if you snip that, you can imagine that like before the blood it has left the placenta and gone to your baby, which is obviously a natural process. It's like what yeah, is like, needed to happen. There's not scissors in nature and some asshole coming to cut your cord. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And so not only is it so obvious to me that this baby needs this blood because they do, um, but something I don't think a lot of people know, especially if they haven't given birth or been pregnant before, is that your baby is breathing the oxygen from your blood through the Mm -hmm. umbilical cord. Mm -hmm. And so when you, your baby hasn't actually taken like a full breath by themselves until the cord has been cut. So if you cut that cord from them before they're ready, it's almost like forcing them to breathe before they're ready. Mm -hmm. It's, they, they, like they're waiting for that blood to kind of like give them reassurance that like, like okay good now, to go. now you can start breathing on your own because there's no more oxygen coming from this placenta mm-hmm. um and so it's a natural process of like and it 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 usually takes between like 20 I mean I would say between like anywhere from 5 to 25 or 30 minutes depending just depending on like the, the cord, baby and yeah. the cord and how fast the blood is moving um so which is a a solid amount of time for your baby to be like, oh, hey, I'm in the world now. I'm going to just chill out for a second. Let me just like take a breath. Yeah. Let me just like (laughs) take it all in and like observe my surroundings, get on my, my mom's boobs, start drinking milk and just be in the world for the first time. Mm -hmm. It makes sense that they would need that, you know, 10 to 15, 20, 30 minutes to do that before needing to wanting to take their first breath. Mm -hmm. So when you cut that cord, it's like, like this, (gasps) like this forced breath. Um, that that's your baby's first breath and to intervene with that or make it traumatizing in any way is something that speaks louder than words to me. It's like, of course you would want to gently allow your child to come into this world Mm -hmm. with all of the things that they're going to experience in this world already, like just giving them that advantage. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's so silly to me. I mean, it's not silly. It's actually really frustrating and infuriating really, in a lot of ways. And, it, like, kind of disgusting. Yeah, that <laughs> that your doctor would would ever question why you would want the fact to that delay the that. doctor would even cut the cord immediately or where that even came from yeah. in the beginning is, like, it seems sinister to me. Sinister, like, self... Like, not self, but sabotaging for the, your, the rest of your child's life. Yeah, and, like, you have no... There is no way of knowing what sort of effects that yeah, may have caused. Yeah, exactly. complications that may have caused. Um, yeah, I'm so glad we mentioned that because a lot of people don't know that. Yeah, and there's stem cells. Like, the stem cells that, I mean... I don't even know too much about stem cells, but what I do know is like stem cells are what are like a cure to a lot of natural diseases that children and adults have. And so those stem cells, you can see that that speaks for itself, that you can freeze stem cells from the uh, The cord blood, from the cord blood. And like 50 years from now, if somebody gets cancer, if I get cancer, I can use those stem cells to literally heal your own self, like as medicine, as medicine. And so if that doesn't tell you how important, how important it is, and almost like makes me question if they, (laughs) the doctors or something keeps that and store it away for their own benefit. Like (laughs) that's, I mean, cause I, that's when I'm thinking like, why would they ever even do that? It's like, well, it's so obvious that if they know it's curing and yet they're in the same hand saying that they're not going to let your baby have all of its own blood, what are like, what's 
they know that it's helpful, but yet they are contradicting themselves by saying it doesn't matter if I cut it early. Yeah. So it's, there's definitely like so many questions to ask when birthing a baby and being pregnant and deciding whether you're going to go, you know, the Western route or more of a natural holistic route. Um, because there's just things like things are really adding up when you like put two and two together. It's like, okay, you say one thing and yet you disregard my own input as the mother to do Mm -hmm. what I think is natural. It's Mm -hmm. almost always, but why would you do that? Or no, it's, that's not our rules or no, that's not how we do things. Totally. Totally. And I have a lot of friends who have like aimed for natural birth, but then ended up having like having to go to the hospital for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. And they would communicate to the doctor, like, I don't want the cord cut immediately. I want skin to skin, like immediate baby to chest after giving birth. And I don't want them like wiped off straight away. And I don't want that whole process to happen. And they literally ignore every single one of those things, like cut the cord without their permission, pull the baby away and don't do skin to skin. And it's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like, Oh, it makes me so angry. It makes me so sad, too. Um, and something that I would recommend anyone listening to to look into as well that was really shocking to me in regards to placentas and also cord blood, like you were saying, is that um, placentas, because they're so nutrient-rich and dense, um, are used... This is like a known fact. They are used in a lot of skin creams and lotions, mm. which is like really kind of yeah, unsettling. Yeah. Um, and so placentas are like, can be sold from hospitals to these companies to like, for like 40 to $60,000. And I wonder <laughs> why they cut it, the cord early and, and why they take your placenta Yeah. Away. And then the cord blood is really valuable to them as well. Because, like stem cell research. Yeah. Cause they can sell that. There's tons of like studies that they do, um, that show that cord blood like cures AIDS and cancer, like you said. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's fine if they want to, like, ask the mother for permission. Like, hey, we're doing studies to see, like... Or, like, are you okay with me taking yeah, just a like, sample or umbilical whatever. cord blood, like, cures AIDS, even though, like, I don't see how that's sustainable in the long term. But, yeah. Um, and then say, like, uh, we'll give you $20,000. Yeah. From- <laughs> or, like, all of the money that we earn from your fucking organs. Yeah. And yeah, and if you think about it, I think there's like 10,000 hospital births a day in the United States, which is really crazy. So 10,000 placentas that are all quote unquote discarded as medical waste and they cut the cord immediately. I've even seen videos on YouTube and Instagram of um, like dads who like had a feeling this shit would happen. Like the doctor wouldn't listen to them of them stealing the cord blood, like with a syringe, like straight out of the mom's. The um, doctors? Yeah. I oh have to show God. it to you. It's nuts. It made me so oh, sick. So evil. So evil. Yeah. And I know it's hard to believe like that something like this would happen, but like it happens. It I does mean, happen. Yeah, it it happens. happens all the time. And unfortunately, like the greed of like money, like really takes a hold of people, especially in the medical system. Mm-hmm. And we, it's hard to accept Ignorance that. Ignorance is because, not bliss yeah, in this situation. It is scary and unsettling and infuriating. But the good news is, is like you can take that power back because it is your right Mm -hmm. it's your body it's your baby and your placenta is your organ they do not have rights over your organs yeah no matter what they say too which is there's another resource that i'm thinking of it's this woman her name is 
Something I can't remember right now. It's something doula. Um, she's a black woman on Instagram. Who, oh, I follow her. Yeah, she's amazing. She like she's all about like specifically black women, like African Americans' yeah. rights um, in the medical field, um, particularly like when giving birth, because there's a crazy stat that like yeah, she's forty or fifty percent of like African American women die. It's like it's like one in yeah, four they, or like, something. Take advantage of them and, and like it's because think of, that they're like illiterate and yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. And that goes, like, obviously down another huge rabbit hole of just, like, <laughs> injustices and, like, racism yeah. and um, in the medical field, but in America in general. Yes. And so her whole thing is um, she created a birth package. Mm-hmm. It's, like, $100, and it's basically does all of the research into what your rights are in the hospital. And it's not specific to an African-American woman, but her why was helping... Um, women of color like know their rights so that they aren't taken advantage of in the medical field and then especially when you're feeling vulnerable um at the hospital and so I would highly recommend buying that I almost bought it but I just knew I almost didn't want to buy it because I was like I don't want to like perpetuate that I'm going to end up in the hospital totally totally um but I would highly recommend it even if you do plan for a home birth just to know your rights and if worst case scenario you You end up in the hospital hospital. Yeah. yeah you have it and just have it a part of your birth plan and just look through it and honestly just to look through it to reaffirm like wow i don't want to be involved yeah in like shit. to reaffirm that the fact that this woman even had to do this shows how taken corrupt. advantage of you are in the hospital exactly so it's like just to reaffirm that like wow i would never want to have to know all of these rights these like yeah, medical and the fact terms that these aren't like honored already on my behalf exactly is already a red flag in itself mm-hmm. but yeah she's amazing i actually messaged her about it because i wanted to read it like myself yeah. um and she just messaged me she was like what are you planning on having a kid i was like a lol uh, not, <laughs> not pregnant, pregnant. <laughs> um not but yeah sure, so like but... if you were maybe on that stage where like you want to move towards having a home birth, but for your first kid, you just feel more comfortable having a hospital birth. So at least you could have least, yeah. her birth um, rights package that she makes, and then you can own all the rights that you have and yeah. like try and make your hospital birth as much like a home birth would be as possible. Yeah. 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 Highly recommend. Yeah. Well, that was a lot of information yeah, on cord blood and placenta. I don't know how long your podcasts usually are, but. Um, yeah, this is great. Great. (laughs) Um, so yeah, hopefully all of that was really helpful and informative. Um, we'll try, I'll re-listen to this and put all the show or like resources and stuff that we mentioned in the show notes. And if you want to connect with Ingrid, I'll link her Instagram in the, in the show notes (laughs) as well. And yeah, I hope this was empowering. If you're planning to give birth, this is just so important Mm -hmm. um if you're pregnant or planning to get pregnant and share it with your partners as well so like they can be on the same page and just start doing these research like I know this is such like just Ingrid and I's opinion but allow this to be like a door opening for you to do your own research and start questioning your own belief systems and what we've been like domesticated to believe our whole lives um yeah so thank you for listening if you made it this far anything else you want to share Ingrid I think that's last it. words, last words, <laughs> final words of advice. Yeah. Just question everything and above all else as a woman, sorry, <laughs> I'm far from the mic. <laughs> um, 
question everything and above all else as a woman just trust that you are so divinely connected to your intuition and that in itself is a gift that god gave you to just have your intuition at all times as a compass Mm. to tap into and any time that you feel like unsettled or uneasy about something like take it into consideration don't doubt what it is and if you are doubting pray like pray on it meditate on it the Mm. answers will be revealed to you yeah um but just in being in your power and honoring your intuition as a woman that's what leads to answers and leads to question more questioning and more aligned action and more like intuitive action Mm -hmm. um that can all come from just simply saying like to your intuition just putting your hand on your heart your hand on your belly and saying like i'm listening i can hear you um Mm because yeah especially with childbirth you're if you plan on having one child two child one you know however many kids you want to have some of you might you know be only having one child ever and only get to experience the magic and beauty of giving birth and childbirth once once in your entire life and so it's really something to um hold sacred and honor and yeah just use you don't want it's not something you want to regret ever you know it's the best day of your entire life um and should be the best day of your entire life so really preparing for that and yeah I would just say that just tune in with your intuition and pray anytime you have doubt because you you know better than anyone else no one else is going to tell you how to have birth or you know what to put in your body yeah (laughs) (laughs) leading to the next episode (laughs) um yeah just like honoring yourself and trusting your intuition and knowing that God made you exactly how you're meant to be and don't let anyone else coerce you into believing otherwise. <laughs> Amen. Amen. <laughs> On that note. And that's it. <laughs> cool. That concludes this episode for today. I acknowledge you for taking the time out of your day to expand your level of awareness with me. I really hope that you enjoyed it. And if you did, I encourage you to rate review and subscribe also if you choose to share it on your instagram story feel free to tag me at infinite.creators and let me know what you loved about it if you wrote a review don't forget to screenshot it and email it to me so i can send you a free copy of my cookbook or my dream life workbook thank you again so much for listening your support means the world to me and i hope that you have a beautiful rest of your day